Is the Nintendo Switch a husband hunter? Is that a thing? Welcome to another episode of the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is episode number 158. This looks less like a depression beard and more like a regular beard. So we are <laughs> back with our first episode post E3, and we're going to have a lot to talk about in terms of impressions of games both on the floor, any final thoughts on the conference itself and all the news that came out of it, and just some of the regular news that's come out over the last week. So we're going to have a lot to get into, so we're just going to jump straight into it. So starting first, we have myself, Josh Jackson. We have Derek Cranevelt. Hey there. We have Courtney Dossett. Hello. And we have Mika, I'm sorry, Mika, Mika, last, Mika Max. insert last name here. <laughs> he was trying to look it up on Facebook real quick. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was, to, I, was to, I was trying to search it in my memory because I know I have it. <laughs> And then now that I'm blank. Hello. Because I talk to them every week. So it's like I know That's them, fair. but I don't we don't always have the pleasure of having uh having you on the show. So Which is a damn shame. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me tonight. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Yay! Yeah, and we're excited to have you. So we have a f- full crew again for the first time, I feel like in a while, huh? In a while, yeah. A couple weeks, yeah. yeah. So that leaves us with a lot to talk about, so we're just going <laughs> to jump straight into it. Uh, first, getting into E3, does anyone have any final thoughts about what they saw on the show, what was most impressive, what they didn't like, now that we've kind of had some time for like the E3 high to wear off and we have more time to think about it? Uh, yeah, I still think... I had a couple thoughts. I think the big one, and I mean, it's not really changed since last time, but... I think that the Last of Us 2 demo was one of the coolest things that I've ever seen at E3. And I hope to God that that is real and that it's not a Watch Dogs type situation. But it's Naughty Dog, so I don't think it is. And also that they've said, you know, they've said that what was in there was real. So I think that that's huge because that was like right down to the, I mean, the trailer was perfect. Like with like the right down to the emotional level, but also like just looking at things like how fluid that combat was looking at things like just how incredibly detailed those facial animations were and how smooth the animation in general was. And it was super, it, the whole thing was super exciting. Like, like I, don't, I just don't recall games doing a lot of the things that we saw in that trailer, like that arrow getting stuck in Ellie and she had to like kind of run away and pull it out. Or the fact that when she went under the cars, um, the, the, the enemies like went looking under the cars for her type thing because obviously there's nothing else around she could hide under so like let's look under this thing instead of cars being like this like fucking invisibility cloak type thing like i don't know there's just so much to love there and i can't wait to play it and since seeing that trailer which was what like a week that was a week ago now like since seeing that trailer a week ago i have just been itching to play the last of us again since then because I mean, I I know that we some of us have different opinions on the game itself, but it's probably one of my favorite games of all time, um, and certainly one of the emo- more one of the most emotional games that I've played. And it looks like that is like turned up to eleven in that new game. So that I'm really excited for. And aside from that, and I think that this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I we don't have am... any of those on this show. <laughs> those aren't those aren't allowed. 
<laughs> I'm super into the whole like well and I it, it the the games as a service thing in regard unless in regards to like oh we plan on doing content for this game for a long time but games as a service in that the um like in regards to things like Game Pass and things like that new EA Access Premier like I just that just the Netflix model of the whole thing like here's this content you can buy the content but or you can pay a bit every month and just play as much of this content as you want like I am super into that idea of paying 10 you know paying 10 Microsoft I'm buying fucking games left right and center all the time like my whole life that's never going to change sorry Michaela but like 40 (laughs) games a month we're going to buy them like and 40 games a month I mean like on average probably we're not rich Well, not not well. Maybe you if don't we have just to be with Game, game Pass. Pass. We will be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so You're rather than buying for, rather than buying forty games a month, you know, let's play let's play let's pay Microsoft ten dollars and let's pay this company ten dollars and let's pay this company ten dollars and all of a sudden we're at half the cost of a game a month, but we have so much to play through. And I mean, it sounds like it sounds terrible and amazing at the same time. Amazing because the day these games come out, you're playing them in full. Um, for very little money just for the subscription that you're already paying for but also like terrible because i already have a backlog of games i've bought over the past five years and the whole game pass thing and the whole eax is premiere that just feels like more backlog because do you feel obligated to play those new games as they release probably but then they're always there and you can always it's access true, yeah? them and yeah. play them anytime and when you want to go and play overwatch somebody probably didn't mm-hmm. sell it out from under you <laughs> That's never, you're never going to let that right? go. You never like it. Anyways, I'm oh. super into that idea because it feels cheaper, but it also feels like it gives me an opportunity to not only play the games I would probably buy anyways, like the amount of content I've put into Sea of Thieves and in the time frame that it's been out for, I've spent $20 on Game Pass or whatever. That's not true. He actually bought enough for the next like three years. <laughs> it was on sale. It was on sale though. Okay. I have no <laughs> objections. It makes sense. You did Your have objections today. the other day before I bought it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the fact that I can pay a little bit of money and play these games that I would play anyways and probably save money on them, but also it opens it up to more games that I probably wouldn't buy or games that looked interesting, but demos aren't really a thing anymore. Um, You know, like that, like I, it's been a long time since I've, aside from like Mario Kart, like it's been a long time since I've bought like a racing game and probably like, like thinking back, the last one I was probably, the last ones I probably bought were like, Gran Turismo 2 on the PS1 or Auto Modelista on the PS2. And I've not, I don't think I've bought a racing game since. But like looking at, for instance, Forza Horizon 4, that looked like, that looks super cool. And it looks super fun to just be like, like grouping up into a bunch of dune buggies or motorcycles or whatever and traversing this giant open world with a bunch of friends. Like that looked like a blast. Not a blast, not enough of a blast that I'd pay eighty dollars for it, but mm. but you can be sure as shit. I'm gonna download that on the day it comes out and probably put a good chunk of time into it. Um, Michaela loves microtransactions. Like if she can buy costumes or cars or whatever, like she's spending my money on that too. As long so as it's spending going my money. <laughs> well, like like I feel like we're unearthed. That sounded really sexist. Weird. She makes much more money than me. I was saying that because, like, like we all of uh, our account things are connected to Derek's. Yeah, like on, our, on the apps. So really, yeah. every time I buy a thing, Derek has to pay. Like for when it, she it's buys great. a costume in Crossy That's Road hilarious. or whatever, like that charges me. Or, uh, or like she needs to buy simoleons or whatever in Sims Mobile. Um, that comes to my credit card. So that is why I said that. Did, not did, because you, I'm did you say she has to buy simoleons? 
Simoleons, like, isn't that the money in the Sims? Buy Simoleons? Oh, oh my God, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I know nothing about the Sims. I just know that it's like you I mean, but you know Mika, she's them. not a terrible human trafficker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. She's yeah. not in real life because she gets that, like, she gets that out in the game. <laughs> I mean, I'll, 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 all I'm saying is that Derek just said she makes a lot of money, so. Oh, okay. I'm saying... <laughs> I will say that um, in my in my little sad pit that I've been in, I've been playing a tap tap game, and I ran out of spins. And you can buy spins. And Derek's voice popped in my You've head. Been tap tap in that buy money, that buy button. Uh, well, I heard it in your head, like, oh, if you if I enjoy a game for so many hours, I don't feel bad throwing some money at it. And so I did. Immediately had that regret. It's uh, it's one of those games where you have like um, like a lottery thing. So you spin to try and win coins so that you can build up your little village. So you can get your next village. It's really, mm-hmm. it's a dumb game, and I shouldn't have spent money on did it. You ever I did. Download that, did you ever download Egg Inc.? No. Oh no. shit! You, you gotta, need to you gotta get on that and one. Clear your schedule. Is it like Neko Etsume? Because I need to put that phone. I back. have no idea what you just said. Oh my like, god! Neko Etsume is a game where you have a backyard and you put little things in your backyard and you get cats and then you get an album of all the different cats to come into your yard and you buy little things for them to play with and different things attract different cats. It is a cat lady's dream. It is a problem oh my god, for I'm me. In. Did you ever play? <laughs> I can't remember the name of the game. I think it was like Ultimate Catastrophe. I talked about it like a while ago, but did you ever play that one? No. Is that the PS4 one? Yeah. Uh, that's like, called Cat Lateral Damage. Oh, yeah. Cat Lateral Damage. That's what it was. Man, so I you just got a VR it. mode, too. They so have that's a the dog one. one. Stop. They, do. they have a dog one called Bako to Wonko. I can't with my life right now. What is this? <laughs> Japan. You are some smart motherfuckers. You know what girls love. We love cute, tiny things. Do they have a fish one? What would a fish one be called? <laughs> there need to be more fish games. I'm right. sorry. I got really excited. I started downloading it, and now I all I want to do is play with fish. It's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are my... Michaela's definitely going to download that game, so you should send the title to her. Cause... Oh, yeah. I already forgot it, but was like, oh, cats? Oh, dogs? I need to find a way to um, talk to Mika all the time because... Uh, I, I mean, she has a phone number I can give to I you. I know, but like... <laughs> or she can. She's her own woman. But Canada. Yeah, but don't you have like... The, those borders are invisible, and don't you have unlimited texting? Uh, I do have unlimited texting. We can texting. figure it out. We'll don't worry, Courtney. I'll find you on the interwebs we'll or friends. something. Um, but yeah, those are my like, and I f- yeah, I feel like a lot of people are like, I've seen a lot of negative negativity around the this, you know, these types of things, and I, I like those same people probably aren't negative about Netflix because Netflix is fucking awesome. But um, I don't know, I'm super into it, and I yeah yeah. I wonder though if those people were negative about Netflix when Netflix first started and mm. didn't have all the content that it has now mm-hmm. and like everybody relies mm-hmm. on Netflix now but in the beginning not everyone yeah. was on board. Well, and that's where Game Pass is going to be in like a year, exactly. which is why it was 50% off, so I bought like 3 years worth, so we're up until <laughs> 2022 or something right uh, now. Are they still 50% no, off or did I miss it? I don't know. It's probably different in America, but it was on Amazon.com. It was twenty nine ninety nine for Isn't a six month period. America. Yeah. yeah, I was oh. saying that in America, Amazon, in America. as well as Best Buy, actually, I think. But that oh, okay. was a freaking deal. That I'll have to double deal. check when we're done. Um, but those are my main thoughts. I think, yeah. No, and then we're gonna jump ahead a little bit because now that we're talking about games as a service, um, my deal, like I'm everything you're describing, I completely agree with, but. 
I think it's a I think when you talk about games as a service in terms of like a subscription service where you have access a ton to a ton of games, that's great. But on the flip side, when a game is a game as a service, but it's just contained to that one individual game, I feel like a lot of games hmm. lately have suffered for that. And can you uh, give me examples? Yes. Isn't that like Guitar Hero like you were talking about? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The Guitar Hero Live game, which both you and I, Derek, were huge fans of when it when it came mm-hmm. out. I think two years ago now. And that game, instead of making you pay for all the DLC, they essentially just had a streaming service where I think in the end it had like about 400 songs. Mm-hmm. You could play them for free. It was like a, almost like a free to play, like mobile game model where it's like you could play f- songs for free and you would earn free songs over time. But if you wanted to, play yeah, I think it was like you were li- there was the channels, which is like a constant stream of of certain songs from genres, and then you could earn plays of picking whatever song you wanted. Right, and then so with that system in place, like we had access to all these different kinds of songs, and if you wanted to play something in particular, you could either pay to have like a, a certain amount of times access to the unlimited library, or you could pay to have to play like just a handful or just one song a few times. And then if you didn't want to pay at all, you can earn free plays or unlock them over time. But um, yeah, it depended how often you wanted to do it. And if you wanted to Mm -hmm. play more often than what the free plays um, provided, then that way you can pay extra if you chose to. And then so now they're announcing that um, in December, that Activision is going to be shutting down the servers. So I think the base game only has like a, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was, I think it was like 24 20. songs or yeah. something. Yeah, it was definitely less than 30. So it's like now, like if anyone decides they want to pick up the game this late or if someone wants to go back to it, that's like that's like that's like less less than one percent of the total library is going to be available mm-hmm. come December. And it's ridiculous. It's like now it's like this great game that we both really loved is going to be completely useless right. once or not completely, but almost completely useless. <clears throat> Once December but in, that, in that time period, because you can still because you can purchase like the songs as well at this point. Right. So it's just that 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 option for playing those that that mode is going to disappear. It Right. Um, as, I think you can purchase the songs as well. I thought as far as I knew, I didn't think you could purchase them. But even if you okay. could, even if you could, it's I feel like it's just going to be this like mad scramble to try to get a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and. and even if you and even if you have the full um library available to purchase let's just say hypothetically once the servers go down you could still buy them individually forever that's you're still missing a huge chunk of what the experience of that game was well because the the guitar hero tv mode that was like the main selling mode of the game i think yeah and then now it's going to be now it's just not going to exist anymore yeah that's fair so, Does it exist anymore anyways, really? Like I have not like you can't really buy it in stores anymore or anything though, can you? Like I've still seen it around, but it's usually clearance. Yeah, right. But yeah, so or, or even like in my case, like we were saying before the show started, um, I had to delete it because my PlayStation was just getting so full of um data, but now that they added the um external hard drive support now I can get around to playing it again whenever I clear mm-hmm. some more of my backlog out, which I've been meaning to over the last couple <laughs> months, which I think is a problem we all have. Oh, I don't have that problem with my <laughs> yeah, but PC, now but you know, it's fine. Okay, sure. Yeah. No, just got to one-up all of us. <laughs> no, you were just writing no, but, all the PCs um, about how, like, I'm like, oh, I should probably upgrade this or that because my p- computer's getting old. And you're like, oh, I don't have to do that with my console. You know, I don't I don't have to delete well, my yeah. games, that was, so meh. 
That, that was off air, though, so oh. it didn't count. Now you're just airing dirty oh. laundry. <laughs> <laughs> we never, never do that on the podcast. I would no, never do all. that, no. Not at all. And we especially don't talk about spending our significant other's money either. Never on this <laughs> <Nope>. show. <laughs> uh, or buying human beings. Yeah, nor buying human beings. Um, but yeah, um, so I, I mean... I have a, a question related to Guitar Hero. Yes. Is Do you think that it would be possible in the future to somehow, through accessing things like the Netflix style of games accessing, then would something like Guitar Hero, would you be able to get, if it was on that provider, would then you be able to get all the server things i don't really think i understand how servers work oh but well, is that like would you be able to access that stuff if, if no. it was on something like game pass or whatever the equivalent probably would be? not no because it's it's yeah right because it's housed by like activision itself yeah. so like the game pass servers are held by microsoft for example and the ea access servers are held by ea um and even let's say even if you could it wouldn't work with guitar hero because you would actually have to have the guitar Right. Yep. Yeah. So, makes sense. So, like one way or another, unless you bought a used guitar somewhere without the game for some reason, yeah, then yeah, like you wouldn't be able to do anything with it without buying the package, regardless. But mm-hmm. and there's, I mean, there's other examples of of games like that. Like Disney Infinity was another one that I was a big fan of, as any longtime mm-hmm. listeners will know. Where the big draw of that game was that it was essentially, uh, it was like a a game, like a level creator and a game creator that was kind of disguised as a Toys of Life children's platformer so it's like people were making some really complex like well-designed games within disney infinity and once disney shut down the servers last year now all those are gone and all that's left is the often mediocre built-in levels that are that just came with the game but that was a small fraction of the content and the game was Mm -hmm. always designed to have that game was always designed to have a very very long lifespan that would end up having thousands upon thousands of levels that people could both design and download for right for years and then disney suddenly decided to get out of gaming and all of a sudden all of that mm-hmm. was gone so i mean i mean and i mean that said too like like that i think that's an example too of just i mean disney pulling out of the industry almost but it's kind of them being a dick because like going like i'm pretty sure you can go back to like the very first little big planet which was way earlier than any disney infinity game and that stuff is still alive, isn't it? Like, as far as I know, like little that bit is more on. Yeah. yeah, like that stuff's more on the the publisher themselves. I think at that point, like, mm-hmm. like Guitar Hero Live is shutting down. Like, but although things like that, like, it's probably quite expensive to keep that library open and to keep that music coming, uh, and to keep it streaming on the Guitar Hero TV mode. But whereas now, the amount of players might be insignificant, insignificant enough that it's not worth keeping it, you know, keeping it alive. But with something like Disney Infinity. And it not lasting very long. Like that's just, I think that's just something like it depends on the publisher too. I think, although it's hard to buy into something, for instance, at that, at that point, not knowing how long it's going to last because yeah, like you said with Disney infinity, they could plan and could market it as like a limitless title because of the ability to build these things and build these levels that are way better than what was provided in the game. But yeah, you're right in in that as soon as it shuts down, it's kind of useless at that point. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a problem that I worry about, especially with more and more games like Destiny and that kind of thing, having these mm-hmm. huge, like where the entire infrastructure of the game is centered around being able to play online, like what's going to happen eventually when Destiny mm-hmm. shuts down. And sure, there's always the argument, like kind of what you were saying, but I feel like it's worse with a game like Destiny than a game like Guitar Hero, because admittedly Guitar Hero, on top of the servers, um, 
you know, servicing all the servers and everything. There's also probably licensing involved with keeping all those songs for yeah. a certain amount of time. Right. So that's one thing. But even with a game like Destiny, it's like, you know, nowadays you like all of us could go back and play old games that we want to like Shadow of the Colossus, which we're going to talk about later, or even Custer's Revenge. If right. you want to go back and play no. old games <laughs> no, like that. Don't do it. <laughs> Whereas games from today that are primarily online based, we won't be able to do that in the future. Yeah. So it's like when you look, when you think about There's like going to be new games there anyways, just don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. There's always new games, guys. 40 games a month. I mean, I never wanted to play Destiny to begin with, but I might want to play it in 30 years. You never know. Destiny was such bullshit too because I like I tried to play it like I tried to play it like eight months after it came out or something because you know I just got that itch again because the gunplay was really good but just with with games like Destiny it was like as soon as there's an expansion you're locked out of so much content unless you purchase that expansion yeah. as well right like I remember I remember it was after the second it must have been after the second expansion came out and I was just super limited because. I didn't have them. And so like I have most of the crucible levels, even the stuff I'm pretty sure I could access before was no longer accessible because some event in the latest expansion had changed it or something like that. Right. And that was kind of bullshit. Something so like I like that, that yeah. in that regard. I like that, for instance, when they were um, when they were announcing destiny, not destiny, the division two uh, at the Ubisoft press conference, they specifically noted like, like obviously there's going to be stuff you can buy but they're noting here's our roadmap for actual new content and all of this content is going to be free like i feel like that is that is a measure where they're trying to limit that fragmentation of these games that require these expansion pur- purchases is you can still you're not locked out from that you can still play with your friends we're going to make a shitload of money off you anyways because you like weird costumes and stuff so like get the content for free which gives you which means people are playing for longer, which means you're more likely to spend more money on whatever microtransactions because you're still playing the game versus I don't want to pay $40 for this expansion and you stop and they get no money, right? Yeah, mm, pretty much. Because, yeah, I feel like I feel like that is something we saw a lot of it at the C3 as well is a lot of companies noting that that further content or expansions or whatever was going to be. At well, no my, my thing with DLCs and stuff is you end up paying forty dollars or something for an expansion and it's almost as much as you spent for the full game but you're getting like 10 hours with mm-hmm. the gameplay for it versus like 40 hours of gameplay yeah and the and now that you bring that up it makes me remember when dlc first started becoming a thing like when the 360 and stuff first started coming around and people were excited because back then you compared it to like PC expansions. I remember I, I never had a PC, but I had friends who would play PC games and they were so thrilled because it was like Neverwinter Nights would come out. And then when a Neverwinter Nights expansion would come out, it would be like as long or about as long as the main game. Totally. And Or like World yeah, of Warcraft. You would yeah. get a whole new game when you got the expansion. But like now I feel like you get these short small chunks of a game that aren't fully thought out and fully developed and don't really add anything to it sometimes and you're expected to pay a bunch of money so i i'm glad that we're getting away from that because that was some bullshit and not serving the gamers so mm-hmm. yeah when i think it's large i mean it depends on the game but that was i think that was the easiest route to take and the most profitable route to take and so most companies took that but i mean you also have i mean you have companies like cd project red which are releasing cheaper dlc that is game length and Companies like yeah. Bethesda as well, where they're, you know, and, and of course they're a PC publisher as well, but their their expansions for 
Skyrim and for Fallout 4 and whatever. Like these are hours and hours and hours of content for like the $30 season pass or whatever. So I think it largely depends on the, you know, whereas as the same cost for content for Call of Duty, you're getting like three or four maps or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. I think it, lar- it depends a lot on the publisher and the type of game as well. Yeah. And then, and even though it does seem like we're moving in a better direction in terms of that, we still have some holdouts where, um, like for example, Final Fantasy 15, and th- this is worse too. And we talked about this recently too, but just to reiterate, like how a lot of times now you do have the flip side where they'll sell you like short campaigns or short content, uh, short amounts of content for almost the price of the full game. And then you have other games where they'll cut chunks of the main game out just to sell it to you later. I hate that. And I'll talk about that. And I'll talk about that more later because um, I've been playing a lot of Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, and I love the game itself. But um, but that this game has like a big problem with that. And then how Final Fantasy fifteen now that PlayStation's having that E three sale, I saw on the PlayStation Store that they had the like the season pass for Final Fantasy fifteen on sale, and I was tempted to get it. But then I thought about it, and I was like, I really don't want to support that, even if it's cheaper now. Yeah. Because we, how we were just talking about a few weeks ago, they literally cut chunks of the story out because the game wasn't finished, but they didn't want to delay it again. And then after the fact, they were selling, they were essentially selling the middle of the game separately and doing it as yeah. DLC. So it's, that's so it's, annoying. Yeah. So it's I don't know, it's weird, but it's good that it's moving, you know, in a better direction. But uh, like as far as E three, Courtney, did you have anything else to add aside from the improved DLC practices from some uh, of the publishers? I dipped from a lot of E three to be honest, but I did pay attention. Um, is well, I got really excited about Elder Scrolls. I just wish we had more information about the next Elder Scrolls. Like we know where it is, but we don't. In, in, <laughs> in ten, 10 years, years, you'll have more I know. I want it. I like on the one hand, like I'm kind of glad that we got something so that we know that it's actually going to come, probably. But on the other hand, like I would, because you know, there's always that chance. But on the other hand, I would like more than like a landscape shot. And uh, but there's so much, there's so much speculation to do speculation. based on that. I don't want speculation. I want to know what I'm going to get when I'm going to get it. I mean, even not even what I'm going to get. Just tell me when I'm going to get it, because I'm not a patient woman. I mean, you can, but you can itch. You can scratch that Elder Scrolls itch with. Uh, you know, I saw, of of, I saw a lot of hate fall. about that. And, you know, I was looking at it. I it mean, so fucking like cool. someone was saying, uh, someone was saying something about um, how shitty it looked. And I was like, you know, for being something that you're putting on your phone. Um, and that's what they showed in all of the clips and stuff was on a phone. And considering like how many different kinds mm-hmm. of phones there are well, with all the different like chunks, like different specifications you have for different phones. It looks pretty damn good. I well, I think it looks like like looking at the trailer that they showed, and I did not understand the like, oh, this looks like crap at all. Because looking at the like looking at the trailer that they showed, I'm pretty sure it looked better than yeah, like I vanilla looked, Skyrim, I like, it like by like quite a bit. Skyrim. Like a lot of the like the anim, I thought it looked be- like like having, and maybe it's different on like a more powerful PC with whatever resolution. But playing it on like the Xbox, for instance, like like the character models and faces as well as like the textures of the environments that they were in look way higher quality than playing it on uh, on any other device yeah. or playing than playing Skyrim on the on the Xbox or PS4 at least like I was super impressed I thought it with was how comparable. that game looks and that is a that is yeah, a game running I thought on it was your comparable cell phone. to the original Skyrim that I got when Skyrim first came out on this computer that I bought just so I could play Skyrim um 
But it's on Except my it's fucking on your phone, phone and I can pocket, play it anywhere like, and I don't have to buy a Switch. Although I won't find my husband that way. And well, and the fact that they said that they're trying to like, like it is a, it is an experience on whatever yes. you want it to be on. Cause like Skyrim, they're trying to release it everywhere and you'll be able to play it in VR. Like PC. you'll be able to play it on your PC. You'll be able to play and it on your Mac or your whatever. And if it goes to PC, device. the modders are going to get a hold of it and make it look gorgeous. So just calm your tits mm-hmm. y'all. And you'll be able to pl- and and cross platforms yes. so and play with all of your friends unless they have a PS4. <laughs> um, only other thing I was really excited. What? Wait, hold on. No. Oh, sorry. I just is the Nintendo Switch a husband hunter? Is that a thing? Oh, you don't. I do not know that joke. No. Okay, so my joke about my joke about having a Switch is that um, I'm going to buy a Nintendo Switch, and then one day I'm going to be sitting somewhere, like a coffee shop or on campus somewhere, oh. and I'm going to be playing on my Switch, and then my husband's going to walk by, and he's going to see me playing, and he's going to go, oh, is that such and such game on the Switch? And I'm going to be like, yes, yes it is. Would you like to play with me? And I'll hand it to him, and he'll be a rich, handsome doctor. He's like, can my son Atreus play too? Oh my god, if he said that, then we would be instantly bonded for life. Be married right there. Exactly. Um, that sounds like a great game plan. It's really, it's really unrealistic, and I recognize that, and I recognize it makes me sound stupid. I just thought it was funny, um, but no, like that's the joke about me needing to get a switch so I can find a husband because um, that's what happens when you're single. You have to find Agreed. a husband. I want to see this plan in action. Yeah, right. So uh, yeah. once once I get a job, I feel like a switch is going to be my next purchase to to move on to the next stage in my life, so I can get that husband. And then you can play Skyrim on the go, too. You can play Skyrim on the go, it's which a great is investment all, all I would around. do. Now you just need to get your Alexa so you can play Skyrim on that, too. <laughs> I thought about it. I saw that. Was that no, because I missed out a lot uh, on stuff. Uh, that was a joke originally, right? And they made it a real thing. So it was that they they played. I mean, it was they self-referenced the joke that they, you know, Skyrim's coming to your watch right. and your fridge and blah, blah, blah. Like Skyrim's on everything. They self-referenced that joke and, and showed a trailer for this Skyrim very special edition. And it had like uh, Jordan Key, right? That was Keegan-Michael Key, wasn't it? From Key and Oh, did I say Jordan Key? Yeah, you did. Wow, I fucked that up. Um, anyways, yeah, I had him, and he was playing it on his Alexa, uh, Amazon Echo, and then it like, and then it cuts to him playing on his fridge and blah blah blah. But yeah, and then I, like I was like, this actually looks like it actually looks kind of cool because it's like a text based like choose your own adventure thing at that point. I was like, this would actually be this is like an untapped market for the virtual assistant cylinder things. But then they actually released it. Um, which is super cool. Unfortunately, it's not available in Canada because apparently, our, like, apparently, U.S. English is different than Canadian English. So I don't know how we're doing this podcast, but <laughs> um, but yeah. So to be able to play it on my Echo, I would have to switch my region to the U.S., which would change a bunch of stuff, and a bunch of stuff that I do use would stop working. Yeah. So it sucks. Hopefully they. I mean, hopefully they. Hopefully they. Because there's a lot of other English speaking countries. Hopefully they expand that. No, only um, one English country counts. A, <laughs> this is America. <laughs> I'm sure it's just a box that they can tick, but um, I don't know. That would be cool. It would be cool to play that. It looked really. Funny. I would like. I mean, that was a really funny trailer. I would like to be able to do that from my phone while I'm driving. And I'm a big Jordan Key fan. Oh, so. I love them. They're fucking hilarious. Um, no, I would like to be able to do something like that while I'm driving. <laughs> I get so bored sitting in the car by myself for hours and hours. So. Like, get on it. Um, oh. Text adventure games while you're driving. Yeah. Why not? I mean, just uh, talking. Amazing. I mean, hands-free. It'll be great. 
I mean, uh-huh. yeah, I guess if you're going to text while you're driving as it is, you might as well play text adventures. No, 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 it'll talk to me. I mean, you me. can just play a real game at that no, point. No, it'll talk to me. I don't have to, I don't have to type. I just talk to it and it talks back, right? Like an Alexa. But I remember, I, I remember when I was trying to learn how to drive and I was playing my DS. Oh my God, no. That's probably, probably well, why I didn't get my license. you how to drive? I wasn't was even that? allowed to have my radio on while I was driving when I was learning how to drive. Oh yeah. My well, I was learning how to drive with a friend and oh. not parents, so. <laughs> my mom used to and she still does she will call me if she sees me out and about in town um like she'll be behind me or in front of me and i won't know and she'll look to see if i answer my phone and use my phone while i'm driving or if i text while oh i'm driving because you know that's so. i sweet. know she's my mom is a sneaky sneaky she's pretty great though i, I got to <laughs> see her this weekend so it was really nice I, and they're they're leaving to go back home tonight so i already missed them but um the only other thing i was excited for was the God of War announcement, and then I was a little disappointed because it wasn't exactly what I wanted, but um, getting to go back and replay with the game, New Game Plus, so you can go back and you can like use all your your overpowered gear from the beginning, and it makes the whole game harder. Um, that sounds like fun, though, because there were some times I wish I had things like the Leviathan Axe, or not the Leviathan Axe, but like... You get into certain areas that you can't get into without going all the way back to the beginning at the very end. Um, That's some spoilers right there. Is it? I'll blink it out. <laughs> That's okay. We, we we did the podcast. For me. Already. They're spoilers it's for me. Spoilers? What are you talking about? I didn't get any What? There's no Leviathan Axe. That's what I meant. I don't even need to play anymore. I don't even need to play the game. <laughs> Why haven't you finished this game, Derek? I don't know. Because he's I'm been sorry. playing on Game Pass. I played Detroit instead. You've been playing Detroit was, was in so every other game. He, he was collecting all of his Chips Ahoy codes. <laughs> I was, I sent thank you. Some. you. <laughs> that does. You yeah, did? I did. Did you? Oh, on the Slack, yeah. right? Yes. See, Courtney, that's why yes, you don't do it. Yes, I have them. I'm good. good. I've got them all now. I've got all. I've got a whole set of matching gear. It looks good. great. I was playing with people. They're like, "How'd you get such cool gear?" And I was like, "My you American know, friend. Just, uh, it's all yeah, about right? who you know. It's all about who you know." The worst. I'm the worst. Carlos is Carlos is shaving me. It matches the gun. It matches the gun that I got, like for watching the original mixer uh mixer reveal thing too, which is something that they advertised very poorly, so barely any people got it. So it's like super exclusive. You know. It doesn't do anything different, but it looks slightly different, so it feels pretty <laughs> cool, like you know. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I do know. And you got and you got to get those codes without killing yourself with all those cookies. I mean, I would have loved those cookies. I mean, though. I gave hey, two oh, pounds. Thanks, thanks Derek. You guys really took one for the team there. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. How many cookies? I mean, I don't know how much we how much we had to suffer eating all those chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was real. It was real brutal. Oh. Had to went through like a went through a ton of milk just having to dip. So them. I thought when I went to buy them because yeah. I I saw it and I was like, oh, I need to pick these up for Derek. And I was with my friend Matisse, so I bought them. Wait, wait, wait. Did you actually buy them? Yeah, I actually bought them. I thought I had to buy them because the coat was on the inside because it said ins- coat inside. Oh, Josh just took pictures of the coats at the yeah, store. <laughs> I actually bought the cookies. And I actually fucking ate them, and they are not that good. They are not. Hey, don't disparage. We don't disparage Chips Ahoy on the Geeks Gains podcast. <laughs> They're not as good as my mom's cookies, and I would much rather have my mom's cookies, but she didn't make me any. Well, you know what? And that doesn't come with any DLC for yeah. video games. No, not all, not all of us have mothers. Courtney. They come with so. love and guilt. <laughs> Some of us have to settle for chips ahoy. Oh my god, Derek! Oh my god, Josh! I'm making everybody cookies. Don't freak out. I know. I just, I just coming to San Diego with cookies. 
No, no, it's it, it's okay. No, my I... mom didn't make cookies for me anyway, so it would have still been Chips Ahoy. <laughs> Can I tell a mom story tell real mom quick? Story. Yes. <laughs> so this, so my birthday. Oh God. My birthday was is in February, and I hate birthdays, so I don't tell anyone. Like, and then people are like, "When are your birthday? When was your birthday?" And I was like, "Oh, it was like a month ago." And then they're like, "Oh, so now so every, every day in knows. February from now on, I'm just gonna wish you happy birthday." <laughs> uh, anyways, so. So my birthday comes and goes and then like three weeks after my birthday, I get there's like a package in my mailbox and it's like I take it out and it's dripping and it's sopping wet. And so I'm like, what the fuck? And it reeks. It fucking it smells so bad. And so I take it inside. I'm like, what is this? What is going on? And I open it and uh, it was like a like a rotten potato and it was rotten to the point where it started it had been liquefying (laughs) and it had leaked through the envelope and everything like that and there was a bunch of like melted candy and stuff in the bag as well that were soaked in rotten that were soaked in rotten potato and i'm like gagging because i smells really make me gag very easily all the time um along with many other things um (laughs) (laughs) brushing my teeth rough it's rough all the time yeah um Anyway, so it's I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where? What is going on? And so then and then oh, and then there's a tiny little card that like falls out of it, and it's like, happy birthday, like love mom oh or something God. like that. And I like text my mom like, what the fuck? Like, what's happening? Why is why do I have a, a rotten potato in my hand? <laughs> and oh, it was fucking like she had ordered a potato from online because she thought it would be a funny birthday present. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what's funny what about you? it. Like, I want to meet your mom now. Like, you guys have gotten a taste of my mom. <laughs> she started listening to the podcast. She wants to meet you guys. She wants to, like, come on the show with my dad. And now, like, now we need to start. That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. Um, but, yeah, so it was – so she, for some reason, she thought it would be a good idea to order a potato from a website that gets shipped to you. But somehow it got lost in the mail to the point where it rotted and then they found it and still delivered it. Um that was my birthday present. Small addendum to that story, though. There was no card that said There's that. There was something. It was written on the potato, oh, and was... Michaela had to dig through the swampy garbage oh. mess of this potato bag to figure out what the fuck was written on the potatoes so we knew why somebody had sent us oh. a rotten potato. It was awful. And then when we told his mom about it, she was like, oh, they said it was going to come in a box. And we were like, that is not the issue here. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to know how much your mom paid for that yeah. nasty round potato. Like, I you don't. don't. So, so I mean, <laughs> I mean, was it good at least? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we just baked it right up. It was like mar- pre-marinated. Could, could you at least wring it out and make some juice out of it? <laughs> it was just vodka oh. by then. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> but, yeah, so... As far as, anyways, but yeah, but as far as E3, Mika, did you have any other thoughts on E3? Um, no, I mean, you guys mostly talked about what I was into. From what I remember, I was, which is not much. (laughs) I was excited about um, Unraveled 2. I don't know why I've never played Unraveled because that looks super fun and cute, but the thought of like Derek and I are always trying to find games that we can play together. Also, I feel like I'm just smelling that potato again right now. Like (laughs) that scent has come back. (laughs) Go on. Are you just throwing up a little in your mouth right now? Uh, 
yeah, so playing that together looks super fun and cute and like something I would be able to do. I think I'm really into like, I don't know, games that kind of look like that and work mm-hmm. that way. Like, um, uh, what was that one that you played? Not Limbo, the other one. Inside? Yeah, and then like Little Nightmares, all are, are that kind of style of like you're just going, is it side-scrolling? Is that what that is? Anyways. Yes. It looks pretty neat. And then there's also one that I can't remember the full name of. It was titled like SOS, but Sea of Solitude. Oh yeah. And the girl got super emotional, like talking about it. And then the art was really beautiful and there was lots of water and stuff. Um, and it's all about like too much water. Some would say loneliness and like monsters within or something. I don't know. I was super excited about that one. Um, and then I fell asleep. And I missed that one by the people who made The Witcher, but I watched it again later and that looks pretty cool. And then The Last of Us also looks really neat. So I think, I feel like while we were watching things, I was like, oh my God, that looks neat. That looks neat. That looks neat. But those are the few that like stuck in my brain after the fact. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be some good stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was just so much coming out of it. Like we've we literally did like three hours worth of shows, like three and a half, four hours. I think it was like four and a half hours. There was that yeah. one that you guys recorded so, for I mean, like five hours. I don't, I don't know how you did that. How long did that episode end up being? I don't know. Did it get released? Like once it was edited down and everything. Oh. Is that the two and a half hours? No, last the one with year? the one that you guys did with Shane, where I was gonna be there, but my mic was all broken, and you guys mm, was it only it was that about long? two and a half hours? Okay. Yeah. I just remember yeah. like, and we were like, oh, this I just remember like fixing my mic, falling asleep, waking up, and you guys were still recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it came out. It came out the next day, Good. and it's a great episode. It is. I'm halfway through it right now. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah, you're just gonna need another week to get to the other half. <laughs> this is how long. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, as far as my E3 wrap ups, a little bit different since I was actually lucky enough to be there. Um, and I didn't find out I was going to be there until right after Nintendo's conference ended. So it was all kind of a last minute thing. Um, so my thoughts on E3 is that mostly from the inside, it is a lot more organized than it was last year, which last year was the first year that they allowed people to buy passes uh, from the public. And that was a complete mess, which I've talked about before. This time it was a lot better, a lot more organized, a lot easier to play games, but it, the lines are still out of control. I think... Wednesday was the only day where I was able to be there for a full day, and I only got to play four games all day. It was about two hours in line for Jesus. It averaged to like two hours in line for each game, but I got lucky and only had to wait for like 10 minutes to play Smash Brothers, so the other three were more like averaging about like two and a half hours each. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, like the longest wait surprisingly was like for Pokemon Let's Go, and I hate to see how bad that line was because... I anticipated that that one was going to be really bad. So I got there first and they weren't letting everybody in until like noon. And even with most of the people not able to come in, it still took me two and a half hours to play it. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but um, but how was it? That's the real question. Uh, the Pokeball control kind of sucks. Uh, <sighs> like it just because the they anal- have time to work on it, though, right? What was that? They have time to work on it, though, right? Uh, no, I think Ooh. it's done already. Pretty much. Oh, <laughs> it was just that the stick was really like the stick is the tip of the Pokeball and it's really small and it felt kind of hard to keep it centered. Like if I wanted to go straight up, it was really easy for it to drift. But I mean, it's not that big mm. of a deal, but it doesn't feel nearly as comfortable as just using a Joy-Con with the bigger stick. Because it's, 
Is the the analog stick is smaller even than it is in the Joy-Con, right? Yeah, like it's which is like the smallest fucking analog stick on the planet it's, already. It's pretty much the size of the the one on the new 3DS, the little nub that's on the side. Mm. That's pretty much about so not nearly it. large enough. Yeah, except it actually moves. Like you know how on the new 3DS when it doesn't move, you just put pressure it just on like it. Just like slides, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this one it actually does like move and slide around, but it's so small that it doesn't really feel too good. But yeah, but it's shaped like a pokeball. Yeah, so it's worth it, I guess. Depending <laughs> on, depending how you look at it. But you don't have to use it, right? You uh, can use the right. You can use the regular. Yeah, but those don't look like a pokeball. Right, but people. <laughs> You'll feel you won't. It's not as immersive. Ah, oh, okay. But and yeah, like people do feel like they're going to be forced to buy it. But we'll talk about that when we get to the news in a little bit. Um, but I got to play Smash Brothers. Uh, the short version of that was Ridley's feels way overpowered while while Inkling feels like the hardest character to use in the whole game. Just because with the Inkling, you have to manage... Like, the Inkling is a really accurate representation of Splatoon, which means mm-hmm. you have to, like, manage your ink, and if you run out of ink, you can't attack anymore. And, okay. And it's just... Uh, they seem really hard to use, whereas Ridley, like, everything Ridley does was, like, st- knocking people off the stage like crazy. Mm-hmm. So you think we'll see more balancing to that before December then? I hope so. At the, I think the Inkling's biggest problem is in order to do damage, they have to actually shoot the opponents with their gun and get them inked first. But like shooting mm. the ink at them doesn't push them back at all. So they just kept walking through mm. my shots and hitting me. Whereas if it had like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Smash Brothers at all, but some characters like Squirtle or Mario with his flood from uh, Mario Sunshine, when you spray them with water, it pushes them back mm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, if the inkling um, ink pushed them back a little bit so that at least gave them a little bit more time to um, spray them before having to move out of the way, then I think that would go a long way to help. But as of right now, they li- were literally just walking through it. And it doesn't have long range as it is, so it was like you had to be kind of close to them to shoot them to begin with. So, like, I'm looking forward to using them because I love Splatoon, but I'm hoping that they do kind of balance that out a little bit. But I think people are going to be really satisfied with Ridley because Ridley was like a complete monster playing that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, I'm trying to think of the major ones. I really enjoyed playing Starlink, which is that new Toys of Life game. That oh, it looks so cool. Yeah, I haven't sold it on. I haven't sold Michaela on that one yet, but I'm working on it. Well, if it makes any difference, you don't have to buy the. To- you don't actually have to buy the toys to be able to get the parts. But that's the part I want mostly. Oh, okay. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> like for me, I think I've I'm, got an amiibo itch to scratch. I'm, Never mind the three boxes of amiibos that are under the stairs right now. Well, they're there for safekeeping. Obviously, Where are we gonna put if them? you go to IKEA and get a shelf just for your amiibos, you can put them on display. Just don't put them in the well, sun, or they'll melt like Josh's. Yeah, like amiibo. Amiibo are going to be oh. the currency of the future. Oh yeah, Beanie Babies. Well, we're Beanie Babies, rich, then, 2018, yeah. balling. But I've still got that boxed up first edition Marth, so I'm saying. Yeah, there you go. You're going to be a king. Like, just sitting on a golden throne <laughs> with Mevo boxes. Uh, but yeah, um, Starlink was, it played really, really well. Consider, considering like Toys to Life games usually have a reputation of kind of just being kind of bare bones. Like this game really felt like it could have been like a legit like dog fighting game outside of the Toys to Life aspect. That, um Mm-hmm. I, with that said, I really don't want to get deep into the game, so I'm really only planning on buying the Switch bundle for just for the R wing, and that'll be all I ever buy for right. it. Do you think? Do you think the? Because I know with a lot of games that we're seeing that are on all platforms, we're seeing the Switch version be like vastly inferior 
do you think that which version did you play and do you think that that is something that we could be seeing with this game i, I don't know if I, I don't know that it's been an, an ubisoft thing but i think some of the ea games as well as i mean i think the biggest culprit has been wwe 2k18 which is apparently like the biggest piece of shit on the switch ever yeah um um well what, yeah what do you think do you, do you think we'll see any difference there or do you think because of like the partnership with nintendo in terms of in terms of fox and in terms of the r-wing do you think that it'll be up to par with the other versions uh well the version i played at the demo was the xbox version but i saw people playing the nintendo version at the nintendo booth and they looked identical and okay. with that said even on the xbox version though like it honestly looks like it could pass for a really good looking xbox 360 game or like a really early mm-hmm. Xbox One game. So it's not it doesn't look yeah. all that demanding as it is. Like if there's anything that's going to be demanding on it, it's just how big the game seemed when I played it cuz how you're able to just fly from outer space to uh to other planets like on the fly without like mm-hmm. all without having to like go into a level select screen or anything like that. It feels like this big open world game almost. So I guess that would be the biggest technical limitation. But as far as I could tell, I didn't see any difference between the Switch version and the demo that I played. That's cool. Hmm. But I other games that left big impressions don't have time to talk about everything. But I played Spider-Man a little bit, which was really Ooh, tell me about that. One. It was it was really cool. Like it honestly didn't really feel that different from like past Spider-Man games. But I think the thing that really made it stand out was how nice it looks. Like mm-hmm. seeing everything, like seeing New York City. It with graphics like when it looks so big and it. so fluid compared to the older ones i think mm-hmm, yeah and that's like the biggest takeaway like gameplay wise like swinging mechanics wise it didn't feel all that different and to be honest i feel like they nailed those mechanics down pretty early in the spider-man open world games mm-hmm. so it's like but then but then they got worse again yeah but this one felt more like the spider-man 2 ultimate spider-man style yeah. where everything was which is what everyone wants so that's perfect yeah and like the actual combat felt a lot like the Batman Arkham games where Batman inexplicably had a spider sense in those games. Whereas this time Spider-Man actually has a spider sense. So it makes more sense where you'll get the enemy, you'll get the no- little icon above your head when you're about to take damage. And, but the thing about the Spider-Man game compared to the Batman games is that uh, when I was playing, it seemed like the enemies were a lot more apt to like attack all at once. Whereas like in the okay. Batman Arkham games, like as much as I love those games, one of the weird things about it was like if you were fighting a group of enemies, a lot of times they would only attack one at a time. And then with Arkham Knight, they added the me- they added mechanics where you could like counter three enemies at once. So then all of a sudden, three enemies would attack at once. But it was rarely like more than three enemies would attack you. They would all kind of just take turns to kind of choreograph mm-hmm. the fights a little bit, which looked really cool in action. But this game did feel a lot more demanding of your intention when you were fighting mobs of enemies. Mm-hmm. And Aside from that, there was like, there was a lot of different types of quests. The only other one that I got to play that didn't involve fighting was like this weird puzzle one where you had to mix like chemical samples to be able to come up with the right compounds to, um, I think there was like some kind of gas leak and you had to figure out what kind of gas it was or something. So he had to like, so Spider-Man has to run it through like a, uh, like a chemical test and you had to determine what kind of compounds it was by lining up these different um patterns and you had to make the combined patterns to make them match the chemical that's on the uh that's making up the gas so i thought that was kind of cool that it's kind of mixing in like it's not just spider-man the superhero you kind of get to play into his like intelligence his intelligence side a little bit so i Mm -hmm. thought that was pretty cool like it has the potential to be 
like a really big comprehensive Spider-Man game that's going to look at aspects of his character in a wider sense than just like fighting bad guys. So that's that was kind of cool mm-hmm. about it. And then the last thing I'm going to mention this time mm-hmm. is that since we did talk about it on the E3 show with Jonathan, I did get to play Super Dimension Neptune and it has the framework of a really good game, but it needs a lot more <laughs> polish like it froze on me and it froze on my friend twice um the combat it's a really good idea but it's very bare right now and i don't know why the the guy who was demoing the game volunteered this information to me but he was like like yeah since this game is being developed by a western studio the home studio is taking a close look at it and they're like really like looking they're really meticulous about how this game turns out and they already told them that they're not really happy with this build and they want them to kind of start over so that was just like a weird Mm -hmm. thing to throw out but like the concept is like it's a 2d rpg a 2d turn-based rpg and depending on who's the main character in your party that character is going to be the one who uh kind of dictates what the characters do so if you have your healer as the leader then everybody else will heal also and then if you have a magician like a mage at the front then everyone will use their magic spells and you could switch on the fly, like you could just tap L one or R one, and it just rotates to the next character to be the leader. So it was that's cool. So it was a really cool concept. Like I said, like the the way that you could just try to you could change mechanics on the fly, and all the characters do different things depending who's the leader of the team at any given time was really cool. Um, but like the demo that I played was a really really early build, and the only thing you could really do in it was fight like the mm-hmm. most basic enemies. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much more depth it's going to have or how much they're going to expand on it but according to the pr guy they're not happy with it so they're going to kind of send it back and try to expand on it some more so oh we'll no yeah i like i liked what I, if the pr guy say that that's not good at yeah i know all. so that's why i'm like i like i said it's a really good framework i really like like the graphics are gorgeous it looks like if you guys are familiar it kind of looks like a neptune version of like the vanillaware 2d rpg so like your Odin Spheres and Muramasa and Dragon's Crowns of the World, which are some of the most gorgeous 2D games out there. So they're on the right track visually. The battle system I thought was really, really cool, but it does feel like it needs a little like a little bit more depth or expansion to really bring out its full potential. And the way that the game kept crashing, like they say it's an early build, but the game's also scheduled to come out in I think October. So that's not that much farther from that. Oh geez. So Well maybe they just gave you an early build to play with but that doesn't seem like a smart idea i think this is like one of the first times it's playable altogether. so uh, it, uh if they have more than if they have more than what they had on e3 then they probably should have showed all of it instead of just the little bit they had especially since it was really buggy <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's one of those uh games as a service thing they're gonna make it a better game over time yeah <laughs> no man's sky yeah, there you go Yeah, so that'll be it for E3. Like, we could talk more about some of the other games next time, but we do have some more news to get into also, which wanted to start with, like, speaking of, like, right off the heels of E3, someone was very unhappy about the lack of a Smash Brothers character and decided to take matters into their own hands. Yeah, they did. I uh, And I feel like it's kind of, like... First of all, they just said don't expect a lot of new characters because they're focusing so hard on obviously bringing everyone back and also balancing the game for all of these characters that weren't in previous titles um, with each other type thing. But um, apparently the Nintendo World uh, Center in New York City received a bomb threat over the lack of Waluigi uh, in Super Smash Brothers. I'm fucking Um, sorry, what? 
<laughs> yeah, so this is... Uh... Oh, I was just going to say, I read the title of that article and I was like, I must not understand something <laughs> here. This doesn't make any no, sense. No, you understand it, right. So this is yeah. from Inverse, uh, so it got picked up all over the place, but... Uh, they note that the New York City flagship of Nintendo World received a bomb threat, uh, the NYPD confirmed, after a person was allegedly angry over a, uh, oh, actually over the removal of Super Smash Bros. kiosks from the store. Um, uh, never mind. I was, uh, there was something about Waluigi. Everyone's mad Waluigi's is not in there, but this is not that. This is something else. Uh, this person was mad that they couldn't play it in the store anymore. Um uh, situation was escalated by the NYPD to the FBI uh, and maybe investigated as a terrorist act. So that's pretty crazy. Um, sure he wasn't mad because yeah, he people are really Luigi on the kiosk. I mean, that might be it. That might be it. Um, but apparently, like, there's been a lot of like people just getting super pissed off because how wants many Waluigi? First I mean, what's wrong all... with them? I mean, what? I mean... Uh, yeah, what's wrong with them? He's weird looking. I don't know. He's not my favorite well, and character. Is Wario in there? Yeah, is is in Wario there. in there? Yeah. So, I mean, it's unfair then for Waluigi not to be in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got over 60 fighters. Um, and uh, I don't know. The, oh, and I think people are very upset because like they've added Daisy, who is like a clone for Princess Peach, um, whereas they could make like Waluigi a clone of Wario or something like that, although their body type is obviously very yeah, different. Yeah, I, I but, think they wouldn't be um, that because of how different their body types are. Yeah, that's Plus, fair. I think Wario yeah, moveset, there's, there's, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, but Mario, uh, Wario's moveset's no, based off of WarioWare, which Waluigi is not in, also, mm. so that's another part mm-hmm. of it um but yeah i mean there's been like memes all over the place people are like up in arms about like about this which i don't know it seems like there's bigger stuff going on in the world a lot of this news is from the u.s it seems like there's bigger stuff going on in the u.s right now <laughs> like um, our new our new star military our new interstellar military oh that we're launching I to protect against uh, alien threats i saw people unironically well, excited I mean, about that is this a real yeah, thing? It's a real thing. In a press conference, our, our, this... our wonderful president just said they want to start using military spending to develop a space force. Because we have children. Is he just saying this to distract from the fact that he is tearing children away from their parents? Is that what's hey, happening? Maybe they'll um, we can't up, afford. Maybe... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, we're starting We're starting battle school with those children, apparently. This is now ending <laughs> yeah. the game. We are starting battle school. We're going to take all the immigrant children and throw them into a fucking internment camp and then make them into soldiers against the bugger menace that doesn't exist. I don't know. This this fucking timeline, man, I'm not Allegedly a Allegedly doesn't but, exist. But, well, question, though, <laughs> do, you think, do you think all those kids in the cages are going to get to play Smash Brothers? Because we need to be humane about this. No, you wanna, <laughs> I don't want to talk about kids in cages. Maybe they can do some QA or something while they're just yeah, I mean, out. I mean, they'll get to play it before everyone else, right? We'll give them, we'll give them Smash Brothers, but we won't feed them. <laughs> I mean, if you win, you get. Them? If you win, that's how you earn your dinner. That's it. That's, yeah, that's how you. Oh, this I is terrible. We are going way off the. Terrible. I feel like a horrible human being right now, and what As is happening should. is really that's awful. How you, that's yeah. how you learn no. which ones were worth keeping. Like whoever wins the match. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're in some weird. Like I feel like this is Wolfenstein Four or something, and like we're really gonna. I don't know. It's a does fucking. That, does that mean we get Mecha Hitler at some point? I mean, we have rapey orange Cheeto. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. If we, if, if Wolf and Cheetos, are, I feel like. Sorry, go ahead. I, I mean, I just feel like that's kind of giving Cheetos a bad name because Cheetos are really good. Cheetos are delicious. Um, Rapey orange Cheeto was was something that was mentioned in uh, one of my commencement speeches for graduation. So. Uh, so wait though, if Wolfenstein's becoming real, will Hong Kong '97 become real also? Like, I really, really hope so. 
<sighs> have you ever played that? Or has, not? I don't think very many people have played it, but have you heard of it? Anybody no. else? No. Oh, God damn it. That, I just laughed. You're just being polite like the Canadian you are. I was. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll have to send... If I had Cheetos, I would share them with you as oh, well. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I feel like we have enough Cheetos in here as it is. If you ever need any DLC that's only available on Canadian products, I, I mean, I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like I'll be waiting a long time, but I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Um, but yeah, um, I think two people were especially mad because not only was Waluigi not revealed in the trailer, but they also 100% deconfirmed him in the trailer because they showed him as an assist trophy, which... He's mm. just going to be a character that pops in as an item, essentially. And not only that, but they used him as the demonstration for now in the game, if you knock out a player's assist trophy, you'll get points for it. And they use it in the demo as them <laughs> killing Waluigi. So I think the, like, the irrational Ooh. Waluigi fans are like super angry. But but they don't have it as bad as uh, Fire Emblem fans had it with the Wii U version when they did that trailer where the main character of the 3DS one just gets his ass kicked in the beginning and all of his friends save him. And as the trailer ends, he's like fading into unconsciousness and he is like, maybe I'll fight another day. And then he just passes out. That was so horrible. But anyway, um, but yeah, outside of the bomb threats, we do have a release window for Devil May Cry 5, right? Uh, End of March, which is, I feel like, earlier than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that actually it's both Resident Evil 2 and Devil May Cry. So it's going to be a big month for Capcom. Yeah. yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I am really excited for Resident Evil 2, which we talked about last week, um, mostly because I haven't played it, and also this looks like a freaking Unreal remake. Um, Devil May Cry still is... I know you and Shane talked about loving the series, I think, but all but specifically loving the DMC kind of spin-off remake, reboot, whatever it was. Um, yeah, I've never really gotten into it, and I think it might even be on Game Pass, so maybe I'll give it a download or give it a try. But and I don't know why because it always looked really stylish and really cool and um, I, I I've heard it has a pretty decent storyline as excuse me a decent storyline as well so I don't know why it's kind of just fallen by the wayside for me but um, yeah end of March you'll see both of those games which I think is a pretty it's gonna make it for a pretty and, cool and month. then just to temper your expectations DMC was the only one that had a good story the rest of them okay. ranged so that's the one I should play well, is it what depends you're what you're looking for like I think well. The consensus is that Devil May Cry 3 has the best gameplay. DMC's Mm -hmm. gameplay takes pieces of the originals, but kind of does its own thing with it. And then stay away from Devil May Cry 2 at all costs because it's fucking terrible. And is 3 the one that had that French guy in it? No, that was that was Onimusha, I think. Was that a different? That was Onimusha 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So it was one of the threes. But yeah. And then like Devil May Cry, (laughs) the first one was kind of the game as far as I can remember, at least it was the game that kind of started the whole Ninja Gaiden slash like God of War style of action game. Mm. So like it would be interesting if the remasters of one through three are on. I'm almost positive DMCs on there, but if the remaster of one through three is on there, I'd be interested to see what you thought. Like if you were to compare them, I, if I were to, if you had limited time, I would compare Devil May Cry three or four to DMC and see what you thought. But and then on the subject okay. of Resident Evil. Yeah, I think one of them's on Game Pass. What was that? So I think one of them is on Game Pass. Oh, okay, cool. Which means I, which means yeah, I can try good. it. Because I already paid for Game Pass for years. <laughs> years from now. Yeah, so make sure to make sure to tell us about it. I want to know what you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. And then, yeah, I saw a little bit of Resident Evil 2. The line was like a five-hour line at E3, so I didn't bother, but it looked really, really cool. So the sooner we could get that, the better. That's like San Diego Comic-Con level yeah, it, lines. It, it's insane. 
Um, but then Cyberpunk, it was also getting, was also targeting current consoles. Yeah, so that is, there was a lot of speculation because, I mean, the trailer looked really good, but obviously that was just a small snippet of the game itself. But um, they were also showing off a nearly one hour gameplay demo to to the press behind closed doors. Um, and so it kind of popped up, this popped up through a Game Informer interview um, because they straight up asked, hey, is this going to come out on current consoles? Um, and so who was this? Uh, the Quest designer, Patrick Mills, he said uh, in regards to it not coming out on current consoles, he said, I've heard a number of people say that um, the current console generation is what we're aiming for. We are aiming for Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and of course, PC as well. So obviously that's very brief, um, but it sounds like, and I mean, it, it's interesting too, because this game is probably still several years out, I would say. Um I mean, just based on the fact that we just saw our first real trailer for it and it was announced five years ago, like they're probably, they're taking their sweet time and it's going to be worth it in the end, I'm sure. But it kind of, it, this announcement comes at a time when I feel like the, we're, we're, you know, we're moving away from the traditional, like buy your PS2 and seven years later, you'll buy your PS3 and seven years later, you'll buy your PS4 or whatever. Like we're moving into more of, I feel like we're moving into more of a, like smartphone type industry where there are different levels of the device with different specs and you buy the one that, you know, fits you and, you know, whatever apps you have are going to work on your, like whichever one you buy, as long as it's not too old type thing, which I feel like is not a negative thing. I feel like, like it means that you'll be able to, you know, like, like for instance, looking at say the Xbox one S as this is your, like older cheaper device so it will still run the thing but it won't run it as high resolution or as well and then you've got your one x which is going to be the middle of the road and then you've got whatever the next one is and that's going to be your high-end one like stuff like that i feel like is actually kind of cool because you can choose you know is it important that this looks as good as it can or is it just important that you can play it and you can kind of choose what console is right for you based on that and you'll still get that experience like i feel like it's interesting saying that because I feel like we're moving, the industry is moving the needle in that direction. So while they're saying they're targeting Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and of course PC, you know, is it going to be something where we're at a point when the whatever next Xbox and whatever PS5 is out and the games are like the games are forwards compatible with those platforms as well. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens, but fuck, I can't wait for this game. I feel like like that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, where I feel like games kind of have peaked to an extent. So it's not like it's going to be there's not going to be these huge jumps in quality anymore. It's going to be more about like, you know, how hard mm-hmm. the hardware can push it or what kind of new TVs can bring out the, visu- totally, the visuals yeah. more. And I feel like this is kind of going. Yeah. Like, I feel like we'll have, yeah, we're going to have, you know, I feel like there'll be more frequent console releases that are less of a major jump because I feel like seven years to hold onto this, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever the difference in years was between, you know, PS one and ps2 and ps2 and ps3 or whatever like whatever that distance is i feel like that's a long time for the same hardware and it was something as well as where back then everything was so custom that that it was something where you were developing significantly different games between the time that the console released and by the time the console was being sundowned um but this but now we're getting to the point where these consoles are almost like prepackaged PCs that run their own UI and that you just connect your TV or whatever. And so the fact that we're seeing those more impressive games closer to the launch of the consoles means you're not going to see a huge, huge difference at the end of that generation, I don't think. So the fact that we're seeing, I think we'll see more frequent releases of consoles, but that also you'll feel, you'll feel comfortable potentially skipping one of those releases because 
you know, you're still going to be able to play those games on your other console. And is it worth X amount of hundreds of dollars more to get on there? Yes, it is, Michaela. We'll buy all of them. Don't look at me like that. Um, <laughs> Unless you're Derek, then you need them all, no matter what. Well, it's going to, if well, I place it better. For and I can't tell the difference. <laughs> exactly. Carlos brings up a good point. He's in uh, he's in our uh, Twitch chat. He says, doesn't it defeat the purpose of a console being easy and consistent if things get like upgraded all the time like that, where you have to have multiple consoles like that's part of the reason why i love I having my yes. pc i don't think so like i mean if like i said i've had my pc for like five or six years i'm due for a graphics card upgrade mm-hmm. and that's i mean that's a lot it is a long, a long time, time to keep PC, it is though. and i mean and i'm definitely and also for an uh, getting a new graphics card is like getting a new graphics card is probably like for a decent one you're probably looking at a, the cost of a console uh, for that i think that. it's um, it's about 300 dollars. so it's like a switch but yeah, that's, that's a, a cost of a console. That's a, a console. console. You can I find your husband. Like, I'm dead, you're gonna I said I'm going to play Skyrim mods right by myself in my room and cry. Um, um, but I, th- I think it's also something where it is still, like, I'd see, I see the argument, but I think it's still, like, for instance, I'm at the point where I have all of these consoles. I could have built a gaming PC for the cost of those consoles, but I like the comfort of a console. I like the fact that I just press this button on my Xbox controller and my TV turns on and my Xbox turns on and within a couple seconds I'm in this game. And if I choose to upgrade my hardware later to to whatever new version, like it's super easy to get everything back over. But also I don't need a separate space for it. I don't need this mo- like a desk and a monitor and a chair and a separate room. Like I just sit on the same couch that I would sit on if I was watching Netflix and instead I'm playing a video game. Like the comfort level, which I understand that there's, you know, like like home theater PCs and the big picture mode for Steam and everything like that. Like I understand that I could get a lot of that through um, through all these other means as well. But I just really really like the console experience um, because of those reasons. It just feels easy. And you know whether I choose whether it's whether it's me buying a new console every three years or seven years or what. Like it just feels like an easier experience than um, than the PC experience and. You know, typically if I'm buying, you know, even if I like when I bought my Xbox One X, which I got for like $550, like I sold my old Xbox for $250. Like it takes a big chunk of that cost away when you do have that old hardware, which is still functioning and still, you know, especially if it's at a point when, you know, that next Xbox comes out and my Xbox One X can still play whatever games at a decent rate and a decent resolution, like being able to recoup some of that cost by selling that hardware which still has value whereas i feel like pc parts six or well, seven years down the line but that was a choice i made too like um, i i chose not to upgrade because i i have the gtx 650 so like sure, i could have yeah, upgraded yeah. when the 750 came out and sold mine and probably made money back as well but like i'm lazy and i'm cheap and i didn't do that so <laughs> but also like also on the other on the flip side just to argue the P, my pro pc platform um, I have a work machine, so like my PC also functions as my my homework machine. It does. I do all my research on my computer. I can do a lot more things than I can with the console. So mm-hmm. it's not like I just invested the seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. to play video games. Like I have the seven hundred video game machine that also functions as like my portal to my family and my research and everything else. So I mean, why That's would fair. you do anything but play games on your computer? I don't get it. <laughs> sometimes I read articles and stuff, Josh, because I gotta know what the fish are up to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're just swimming. Is that what phones are for? They're just swimming. There's been recent talk whether or not they can feel Always. pain. I'm very interested. I want to know what's the community got to say. Uh, does it matter? The answer is yes. 
Yes, it does. Ethically. I, I agree. Because, like, if you're, you know. Yeah. Uh, does that change, like, sport fishing and stuff no. then? Where you, like, no, just it, fish it changes, to catch it? It, it changes how it you do in? experimental stuff. I mean... I mean that mm. that's on that's on the fishermen, and I mean as a fisherman myself, I mean I just try to be as kind to the fish and kill them as quickly as possible, and then eat them, because um, it's really stressful to catch all these things. Like think about it, like how would you feel if an alien abducted you and then threw you back? Like that's terrible. Think about all those crazy people. I wouldn't have to worry about that yeah, with that exactly, new space see? task force. <laughs> so, Maybe if the fish set up a like a fish task force, they gotta organize first. They would, they would have to worry about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> gotta quit poisoning them first. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> but plastics are bad. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. There you go. Paper, paper straws. straws. Paper straws. For the I had paper straws at my graduation I, party. I've never seen a paper so. straw before. Was nice. that your first time? Um, it's my first time supplying paper straws. I usually, I have like a per, like a permanent plastic straw that I keep with me, and that's usually what I use. Are these hard plastic straws that are reusable? But um, it's my first time passing out paper straws. I found out they float in your drinks. So they actually will sell like these little like things you can do so you can keep your straw from floating out of your drink. <laughs> my sister told mm-hmm. me. I had no idea. She's more on the bandwagon than I am. Anyway. So thanks again for listening to the Paper Straw Podcast. This is... No, I'm... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so just to go through the rest of the news, uh, we are running a little long, so we're going to kind of speed through the rest of this. Uh, Sony had comments on the Fortnite backlash since they are not allowing accounts that were made on PlayStation to cross with Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this was uh, interesting. So Switch uh, Fortnite launched on the Switch this past Tuesday, I believe it was announced at the Nintendo presentation at E3. Um, people quickly realized that if you have ever signed into Fortnite on your PS4, that account is locked down and you cannot play it on any other console. And so Epic was pretty passive aggressive, even in the like, like launcher for this, because it said, you know, this is basically said, this has nothing to do with us. Like you can't contact us. We can't change this because it was, it's being locked out essentially on Sony's end. Um, Don't they have power in having an agreement with Sony that Sony can have this game on their console in the first place? That seems like a fucking cop out. Uh, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty bullshit. Cause not like them not being open to crossplay. Like, I mean, and there's, I mean, there's always that argument last generation. It was Xbox that wasn't interested in cosplay or crossplay. <laughs> like it's always the, the leader. It's always the winner that, you know, doesn't want to open up because, you know, that gives opportunity for somebody to buy something else. Right. So, um, not being into crossplay is one thing, but to lock out the accounts entirely because you chose to play on that console is a yeah. completely different level. Um, Sony's response was just super like, like we are always looking for new ways for people to play together or whatever. Like it was just, the, it was just yes. a typical, like a bullshit. And didn't they add some little thing about how, really oh, anything. well, we're already proud of the large player base we have between PlayStation 4 and PC. And there's already like four, like, like four million players on PS4 that Something everyone like can that, play yeah. with. I'm like, that's besides the point. Like, mm-hmm. I have both, for example. And thankfully, I never, I couldn't remember my Epic password. And mm-hmm. so that was the last time I ever tried to play Fortnite on PS4. So thankfully, I dodged <laughs> that bullet. But it's like... I already own it on PlayStation. If anything, like I think their logic is that, like you guys were saying, mm-hmm. they don't want people to play, be able to play the games on other systems because they want that to be locked down to their system to keep people on their system. But mm-hmm. 
Well, and it's just one of those things where it's like, if I'm going to buy a console and all my, you know, I want to play Fortnite with my friends and all my friends have PS4, but I'm also really interested in Halo, you know, if, if that was open, I could choose to buy an Xbox and still play with those PS4 friends. Whereas now with it being locked down, it, you know, you have to choose between which console has better exclusives. I mean, there's not much of a choice there. It's PlayStation, but, um, but in that case, Sony's going to be in that like, case, buy a yeah. PS4. Yeah, in that case, you, you lose that choice entirely because yeah, you it, want to play with your friends. You have to buy this. You want to meet your husband. I feel yeah, like that is Fortnite's responsibility. I think, I mean, they're not going to pull the game. Yeah. Because people are, you know, people are spending thousands and yeah. thousands of dollars on that game. And, and I think content, in the long content, like. That's just so shitty. I mean, it's not. It's yeah. And I think so in the long run, though, it's going to achieve like, the, this point. like to what level? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But in the long run, it's going to achieve the opposite of what they're aiming for. Because now I feel like if anyone hasn't played Fortnite yet and they have multiple consoles, they'll know to just avoid Sony's altogether. So I don't yeah. get it. It's just really stupid. Totally. Yeah. Um, but totally, then yeah, lastly. Absolutely. Some Pokemon news. They just announced today that Pokemon Go trading is going to be coming soon, finally. So you're going to be able to trade, but you're only going to be able to trade with people face-to-face, so you're not going to be able to do it online. Um, You need to... Gross. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah, because they said basically every time you trade Pokemon, you get candy for both. So it's like, I guess if it was online, you could easily just trade back and forth Mm -hmm. constantly and just grind candy. You could set up up some sort of ring. Yeah, pretty much. Some yeah. trading room um, game the system. I feel like that's kind of neat though, because like back in the day when I actually played Pokemon Go, we would go to the park and there would be like a hundred people sitting around um, whatever you call those places where Pokemon show up, <laughs> and like <laughs> the outside, outdoors, <laughs> basically. What a great opportunity to like meet and have a reason to talk to all mm-hmm. these people about this game that you're all playing together. That sounds neat. And, uh, and I mean, it kind of goes back to original Pokemon games where you had a two foot link cable that, and that was the only way you could trade, right? Like you have to be. Yeah. But there are a couple of catches to it. Mostly that it does, it costs Stardust to trade. So um, I didn't read the specific numbers, but right before mm-hmm. we came on the show, and again, I didn't read it, so I haven't verified it, but I was uh, texting a friend and he said that, well, for one thing, it's going to be treated a little different if you try to trade a legendary or a shiny Pokemon or a Pokemon that the receiver does not have yet. And that's going to be considered. That's going to be considered what they call a special trade, and mm-hmm. those you can sense. only do once a day, and you can only do them with a friend that's considered a mm-hmm. great friend, at a minimum. What? Yeah. So, mm. so you've like been together multiple times or something. I feel well, like I, I feel like it makes sense in regards to the big and legendary guys, but just having you to have a best friend because well, because the way that like, I, like someone you're gonna make that choice. Well, for the me. way that it works is that you basically have a friend level. So, say for example. <laughs> Um, I have like three other friends that play Pokemon Go with me together. So the more activities we do, the more we level up. And so as your level increases, you're able to get more bonuses for playing together. And you'll and the amount of Stardust you have to pay to trade between each other becomes less and less as you level up with your friends, which is cool. But what my friend was texting me is that if you trade a legendary or a shiny Pokemon or a Pokemon that one of you doesn't have, uh, to someone who's just the most basic friend level, they said it's according to what he told me, it's going to cost one million Stardust, mm-hmm. which, which takes about a year to build up Ooh! at the pace that I play, which I play pretty much a little bit every day. So, oh like, look, I'll put it this yeah. way: I don't Jesus. level up my Pokemon very mm-hmm. much, so I pretty much have stockpiled all of the Stardust that I've ever collected, and I right now I have one million nine hundred thousand. So, mm. I- no, wow. Well, and I feel like that it, that has to be. 
a means as well to like like those legendaries are supposed to be very hard to get. So why would you be trading one of your yeah. legendaries unless it was to a great friend or something like that? Like that's got to be to discourage people Pretty like, much. yeah, like give me a hundred bucks and I'll trade you my Moltres or whatever. Like that's going to be to, to yeah. discourage stuff like that. Because even if you were willing to pay that money at that point, you have to have played enough right. to, I mean, to accumulate no. that huge amount of Stardust. Can you Stardust, you can't Stardust? buy. Like the closest like to it is they came out with a newer grab? item fairly recently called, I think it was a star piece. Okay. And if you use it, then for 30 minutes, you get double the Stardust every time you catch a Pokemon. But catching a Pokemon only gives you like 100. So even doubling it's not that big of a dent into okay. it. But the uh, according to what he told me too, though, if you max out your friend rank with somebody, then it costs 400,000 Stardust to trade a legendary. So it does get better. And then I guess the... Mm-hmm. Would that is that even if you're like they if you're trading legendary for legendary, it's still I don't know that if, expensive or the way um, I'm guessing is that the receiver pays depending on what they're getting. And so each like say if I'm getting a Pikachu like something common, let's just say a Pidgey. I'm getting a Pidgey and I'm sending them a Moltres for a Pidgey. They have to pay the four hundred thousand to get the Moltres, but I only have to pay whatever a one thousand to get the Pidgey is what I'm guessing, but they haven't specified. And then like the last bit on the friends thing I see, is okay. that Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you get if you flip a Pokestop, you'll get new items called gifts, and then you could send the gift to a friend, which includes the location that you got it at. So if it's a Pokestop they've never been to, it kind of shows them where it's at. And they said the gifts are going to have eggs okay. that'll contain Alolan forms of the original 150 Pokemon. So that's going to, as far as we know, that's going to be mm, the only cool. way to get the Sun and Moon variations of mm-hmm. the old Pokemon. So it kind of forces that interactivity even more. Like if you mm-hmm. want the ice mm-hmm. ice type Vulpix or the ice type Sandshrew or the psychic type Raichu, like you're going to have to share gifts with all your friends. Yeah, just in time for Comic-Con. Just when I thought I was out, I'm, I'm back in. And then so, and I felt like yep, that was mostly true. good news, but shifting batteries. from good news to bad news in regards to Pokemon. Um, they announced last week during E3 that the Pokeball controller that we were talking about earlier was going to come prepackaged with Mew, which is great, but some people didn't want to buy the Pokeball control and they figured, well, you'll be able to transfer the Mew from that you could get from Pokemon Go for free if you don't want the control. But Nintendo went on to clarify that the Mew in Pokemon Go is going mm. to be locked, so you will not be able to transfer Mew from Pokemon Go to Pokemon Let's Go. So if you want Mew in mm-hmm. Pokemon Yep, and the Pokeball is. So does that $50. mean the only way to get it is from the Pokeball? Yep, and that's what everyone's. That's a yeah, that's and a lots of people are DLC mad right about there. it. Like, Nintendo I really don't like the money. practice. Mm-hmm. And everyone's gonna yeah, be fighting I think over are, the they were four already sold out on Amazon last week. Only four of controllers for a time. They were sold out already. Um, so that, that's yeah. obviously a terrible practice, but at the same time, I mm-hmm. still have quote unquote fond memories of when the only way to get to a Mew was to drive 50 miles to a, to a mall in the middle of nowhere and actually physically take your game over and download it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. So obviously times have changed and there's a million ways they could do it without forcing people to buy a $50 controller that they may or may not want. I mean, I wanted it anyway, so it doesn't affect me, but it still sucks for everybody who, ne- who didn't necessarily want it. So, because at first when people were complaining, I was like, well, you could still transfer it from Pokemon Go if you don't want to play. And then Nintendo went on to say, actually, that's not true. So that really sucks. And then lastly, they had the big showdown at E3 Mm -hmm. between the Elite, which consists of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the New Day at Street Fighter, and which ended up with 
they did it as a in a three on three format, which the new day won. But then Kenny Omega grabbed the microphone and said the real showdown was between him and Xavier Woods. They played a best of I think it was a best of seven series that seemed very obviously <laughs> choreographed, just like their wrestling matches um, to the point where it went down to like ga- game seven, which is where it seemed like they were starting to play seriously. Finally, <laughs> uh, no, Kenny Omega ended up beating Xavier Woods. <laughs> And then they just so the bet, the the stipulation was that the loser the the losing team mm-hmm. had to eat a pepper like a raw pepper, and so Xavier said since he lost it for his team that he would eat all three. Mm. So he like he ate this he got to the second one and looked like he was gonna die, and then like oh, they were but everyone was cheering him on like to show support, <laughs> and then Kenny was uh, picked up the mic and was like, "Why is everyone cheering for him when I'm the one who won?" Like just to show that anything Woods can do, I can do better. I'm going to eat the last pepper, and then he ate the last one, and they both ended up choking to death at E3. So, yeah, and I missed it, which sucked. But wow, it was worth that sounds it. amazing! What an experience! Was, uh, I, I, co- I coincidentally had a uh, like a lunch mm-hmm. meeting with the PR person who's from the company that's developing the New Japan wrestling game. And we were talking about, oh, we wish we could have seen the Kenny Omega thing. And I thought it was going on later than it was. Oh, no, and then, so as soon as I was done with my lunch with her, I went in to go watch it. And they're like, oh, it's over already. So that mm. was kind of funny. But oh, well. but yeah, that's about it Damn. for the news this week. So we, let's just jump straight into <laughs> what we've been playing, starting with Derek. Yeah, so um, I have only played a little bit, but I got a PS4 Pro a couple, a week ago, about a week ago, I got a PS4 Pro. uh, And I have to say that the setup for the PS4 Pro was a fucking nightmare. Um, Yeah, yeah. And it was something where like, like, for instance, my, every other device I've ever set up seems just so easy in comparison, like. On the Xbox, you basically turn it on, you sign in, any games you like the Xbox just saves all of the games into like the cloud by default. So basically when you install a game or pop a disc in, if you have a save there, it's just gonna download it uh, on its own. You never have to do anything or think about it. Um, in the case of the PS4, so I plugged it in and turned it on and I've never had any, I got a new TV recently and I've never had issues with any other device on, um, on this TV. And as soon as I plug it in, the PS4 Pro starts like just f- like blacking out the entire TV like every two or three seconds, um, so it's like un- like you can't even get through the setup because it's just blacking out constantly type thing. Um, and so I tried air like I tried so many things. I tried different HDMI cables. I tried different HDMI ports on the TV itself. Um, tried a bunch of stuff, and then I ended up it ended up being like whatever the default video output settings are on the PS4 Pro. They weren't jiving or weren't compatible with whatever my video settings were on my tv and so to to disable or to stop it from blacking out all the time i had to basically like turn off hdr and turn off 4k wow. and turn off all this stuff on my tv so that i could get through the setup process on the ps4 pro and then once i got through the setup process and was actually able to go into the settings then i was able to adjust the settings and and turn my tv back onto the way it would be should be um it was super weird though. Like I remember turning on the Xbox One X for the first time, and it just detected all the stuff from my TV and and changed the settings that it needed to on its own. And it was just a much smoother experience than this. Um, and then I, I mean, I transferred from my old PS4 to the new PS4 afterwards, and it took some. It took quite a bit of time. I mean, it took like it took like uh, I think it was like four hours or something like that Jesus. to transfer all the content, which is fine because it was like 
my old PS4 was pretty full and it was like 500 gigabytes of information. But that experience even was weird because it was like neither of them would let me do it unless I was signed in online to like to PSN. And um, they both had to be like, you just fucked. uh, Well, then you can't. Then you got to, I mean, you didn't need PS, you didn't need PlayStation plus or anything. You just need to be signed in. So if you didn't have PSN, you have to make an account or you can't transfer your stuff. Um, both of them made me like update all the way to the latest version, which I feel like that, that kind of makes sense. But, um, and then it was super weird though, cause my old PS4, for instance, was hooked up via ethernet and the new PS4 at that point was hooked up via Wi-Fi, And so I started this, like, like the start of the system transfer, they are trying to see each other and they both recognize that they're on the same network, but it says that they have to be connected in the same way. Um, so one couldn't be on Wi-Fi with the other one on ethernet. So then I unplugged the ethernet from the one PS4 and then tried again. And then they recognized each other. But then it, then after that, oh it just told God. me to plug in an ethernet cable again. And so it was just so convoluted and it took forever. Um, yeah, it was a weird experience. It was way clunkier than I expected it to be. It was like far less smooth than, I mean, the console upgrade I did a few months ago with the Xbox One X. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It was weird. Um, or, but yeah, or you, was, or you uh, thought, now I have a PS4 Pro. It looks tra- good. You thought the transfer um, between 3DS or, it looks or it looks the same, according to Michaela. <laughs> Or it looks the same, Derek. You spent four hours and you'll be so crazy and it looks the fucking same. It was like a side picture of God of War on the PS4 and the PS4 Pro and it was like the exact same (laughs) picture. And then like you have the... Like, and then you have like the hardcore yes. Sony people like, no, you could see like two extra pores on his face. (laughs) It's totally worth it. That's Um, my life now. Jesus. No. Yeah, and it's definitely is it's way it's louder than the old PS4 for sure. Like I feel like you hear the fans ramp up quite a bit, which is interesting. But yeah, Michaela actually cuz we had people over like the night that I set it up, which was very frustrating because I was like I need to get this started and resolved and everything before I can move on to anything. But great for me cuz I could just ignore the whole process <laughs> and talk um, to but yeah, then then Michaela ended up actually being the first one to really play the PS4 Pro because she's been playing through Detroit, which she'll talk about shortly, I'm sure. But um, yeah, like so I was texting her because I was at work. I was like, oh, it doesn't look much better. Like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't know. It looks the same. So, um, so worth it or not? Apparently not. But um, I see a difference, or at least I'm going to say so. Um, so besides that, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got a chance to pick up yeah. Vampire, which is the new game from Don't Nod. Um, the creators of Life is Strange. So I was super, super excited for this game. I have probably put in about six to eight hours at this point, I would say. Um, I don't know. I, I I feel like I want to like this game more than I like this game. Like, I feel like there is a lot to like about it at this point. Like, like the setting is wonderful. It's set in like, like... 1920s London or Victorian something like London. that. Maybe even earlier. So like, um, so like I think it's earlier. To yeah, maybe it's earlier. I'm totally wrong. Or 1910. It's Victorian. Okay, yeah. Pre-World War One. Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the characters are all really interesting. And so they, they've made this really interesting system where pretty much all of the NPCs are like named and they have their own backstories and everything like that. And you can 
by having conversations with all the people in the areas, like you can learn more about them and learn what kind of people they actually are. Because one of the things that happens, essentially you, you, the game opens and you wake up and you are a vampire and you don't know what's going on. Um, and you have the need to feed. And so you can feed on rats and stuff like that to, to gain like your blood meter or to increase your blood meter, which helps you do like special vampire moves and stuff like that. But um, one thing is all of the characters in the game, they, if you choose to eat one of them, basically they'll give you a huge boost of experience and, and it's more experience if you have discovered all of their secrets and everything like that, which you just get by, research essentially talking to people about them or like looking around for information about them um, and so that'll give you a huge boost of experience and so if you choose not to eat anyone the game will be harder because it, it, it experience accumulates much more slowly otherwise whereas if you choose to eat them you're going to get this huge huge boost of experience which will um, make the game easier but it also kind of changes things afterwards because Potentially, if they're important to, the, to a story later or if their occupation is needed for something later, like that is now going to be locked out because you've chosen to eat them. So it's something where you're balancing you're balancing the difficulty of the game because there's no difficulty settings. It's just all based on your choices at that point. So it's um, based on, so it's going to affect that, but it's also going to affect if you choose to eat them, you're making the game easier. If you don't choose to eat them, you are making it harder by opening up more storylines and more options at that point. And so all of that stuff is super interesting, but I feel like of all of the time I've played, like 80% of it has been just talking to characters at this point. And the conversations are interesting enough, but I feel like the setting is really unique and the setting is really interesting and well done. And I want to spend more time go. Oh, and he's also a doctor. The main character is also a doctor. So he's also like, like morally kind of, you know, balancing his his pre-vampire life and his new post-vampire life and everything like that and so the characters and everything are super interesting but i feel like i it, it went heavy into the dialogue and the talking and everything right away and i don't feel like i've had enough time to really learn that much about this character or the world that we're in and so i'm not super invested in it at this point and it's and so i don't know like i don't know how to feel about it yet like i need to get more time with it but it's also something where for instance, like combat wise, a lot of the systems feel clunky at the same time. Like it's, I mean, it's like a double A title. So it's like, like the graphics aren't the greatest, especially compared to a lot of games that have come out recently, like Detroit and like God of War and everything like that. And the combat feels interesting at times, but also kind of feels like a, like a mm. uh, stripped down version of the Witcher 3 combat. Um and it just, I mean, in playing that, I'm just like, well, if like, I just wish I was playing the Witcher 3 now type thing. Right. And so... I need to put more time in it. I, I And like I said, I feel like I want to like it more than I'm liking it at this point. And I'm hoping that at some point in the next couple of hours of playing it, I hope that it clicks or something like that. But it just hasn't at this point. And so while I've enjoyed what I've played mostly at this point, and, and like I said, the world is super interesting. I like at this point, I don't know that I would say to like, I don't know that I would recommend buying this game at this point because I've. I'm invested, but not invested enough that I'm really like, oh, I need to move on. And it feels at this point, it feels kind of boring at times. And I hope that the story yeah, I was going like, to ask you like, if you think you would enjoy this game more if instead soon, of because I, I'm just not super into morality. <laughs> I just want more life experience. Maybe that's the problem. Um, like she- then yes. 
young and beautiful forever. That would be like a ten out of ten at that point. Yeah, like a teenage a teenage vampire. She's I mean, got a she's got a more like balanced like schoolwork as well as like who which of her friends of is bitchy enough. The answer is that, all of them, Derek. When you're yeah. a six year old, all your friends are bitches. It could just and be like a nickname, and that's feet. where the title comes from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So. Yeah, I'm sure I will be speaking more about this one in the future because I definitely do want to continue with it because, well, and it's been getting like review wise, it seems pretty well received. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of the outlets are talking about how clunky it feels at times, which I definitely felt right away, but also that there's like, like Mm -hmm. moments of brilliance kind of sprinkled within the game itself. And I haven't felt any of those moments yet. Mostly I've just felt like I've been struggling with, um, Mostly, I feel like I've just been struggling with a lot of the systems and and wanting to continue even through the. Um, you're really distracting me. I don't I'm know not what you're making doing. Making a signal. I'm just sitting here. I, anyways, um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, I forget that so you're never going to play that. My game My question again. is: play it right Are now. these six or eight hours that you me. wish you had instead invested Courtney's into finishing spoil a piece God of, of the War? Game so every we week finally freaking finish. talk about it. <laughs> No. Keychains, so yes. you can keep better track yeah. of uh, no. keys. Some yeah, right? She already he gets some chains. He's always had chains. He's burned into his arm. You don't know. Yes, no. it's, it's. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the bandages, bandages are they? dead because the chains are gone. <laughs> uh, I just mean, wait till you see I'm what at, happens yeah, with not, your I, son. But I know what's going to happen now. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So aside from that, the only other thing I've really played. Uh, I played a little bit of Mario Kart with some friends, which was fun. Um, it was fun. Uh, it's a terrible it problem. Fun. I don't know. Mario Kart's just boring because I'm too, too good at everything. I'm just too good at it, so it's just uh, not that fun. Yeah. Anyways, I knew this, I knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> um, side note, I didn't realize that Mario Kart got like, there's like a curve for it. So if you're playing with somebody who's really good at it, then it's really fucking hard and you suck at it. But the moment you start yeah, playing while he's out of the room, then actually you come in number one like multiple times oh. because everybody isn't as good at it as he is. It's called rubber banding. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. It's just that because when I'm so far ahead of everybody, everybody gets a, better it just items. A time trial at some point. And everything like that. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Well, it sucks. Oh, sucks rude. Me, That's the like rudest thing I think oh, I've ever so heard you say. <laughs> yeah, right? Except except that Tom- <laughs> He says that on a regular basis. No, I don't. Anyways, aside from that, uh, Sony had a pretty good sale, and their E3, uh, their E3 presentation got me excited to play some Sony games. So I finally picked up on sale... Uh, for like 15 bucks, Shadow of the Colossus, the remake that came out back in February. Um, Shadow of the Colossus was probably one of my favorite PS2 games. And I also bought the HD collection on PS3, which I never played. But uh, <laughs> um, but I picked up this version of it. I'm three Colossus in now. Fuck, I, this game is beautiful. They did a really good job on it. This is one of, this is like, I could definitely, as soon as I started, I could see the difference in playing this on the PS4 Pro as well, I'm sure, because it's so sharp looking. Um, and the frame rate feels really, really smooth as well. So that's really awesome. They also give you the choice, of course, between a performance mode, which will favor frame rate, versus a resolution mode, which will favor the like the 4K resolution and everything like that. Um, yeah, it's like, I love how simple the game is. Like, like 
a lot of games these days feel overly complicated in their systems, I think, and just having to manage, okay, I've got a sword and I've got a bow and I've got a horse and I got a whole and I can hold on to shit and I can jump. Like those are the mechanics in the game. And just stripping it down to that, like not having levels and not having to like go through skill trees or anything like that. It's just almost a refreshing experience at this point. And do you feel like you'll get bored of it though? Like after multiple colossuses no because i also feel like being the same thing over and over like again with no variation but they are varied because each colossus you like you need to figure out how to climb it how to get to its weak spots how to beat it and that is the challenge and like it feels quite like it feels challenging like you're fucking up and you're falling off of stuff and whatever and it's, I mean, and it, it's beautiful in its simplicity as well. Like I, I feel like, and it's almost, it's very different playing this game as an adult. I feel like then versus, I don't know when the first, when it came out the first time, like 2005 or something like that. Um, it just feels very different in that, like, like you're more questioning why you're doing what you're doing and you're just listening to this disembodied voice and like I, what is happening. And, and you're, you know, I feel like the strategies that I'm using in terms of trying to climb the Colossus and stuff are probably different than I would have done the first time. Um, but man, this game, the game is beautiful and the art design is incredible and seeing the Colossus again, but probably in a, in a state where they're probably much closer to what the developers originally realized versus the PS2 version, which was obviously very, very, you know, it was one, it was at the tail end of the PS2's life cycle and it didn't run very well in the PS2 either. Um, So seeing it in this beautiful version that's in 4k and these Colossus are huge. They almost feel small. Like I think that we've seen a lot of games that have big enemies at this point, whereas in at that time it was something very, very new. So they almost don't feel as massive um now as i remember them being back then and so i'm not quite sure why that is at this point but um i mean i've really loved it so far i mean i loved it back then when i played it but it feels really really fresh again because it's been so many years i barely remember it at all um yeah no i'm looking forward to getting through more of it and i don't remember finishing it back then either so um hopefully this time around i can because uh, it would be interesting to see what happens at the end Mm. that's it that's all i've been playing and just to piggyback off of that, I'll go into my next because I completely coincidentally started playing that game today for the first time. Mm. Um, Redbox had a promotion where you got a free game rental during E3 week and yesterday was the last day. I looked through what they had and the only game that I didn't already have a Shadow of the Colossus, so I picked it up. And yeah, it's weird because sometimes when there's like a game that you've never played before and it got, it's been heaped with praise, like, like your expectations are at a certain level. And sometimes it's really hard to meet those expectations. And when I was playing it, I got through maybe like the first five and I was having a lot of fun with it. And then at a mm-hmm. certain point when it starts getting, when the bosses start getting more complex, it, the, a lot of the game's flaws that I found like really started to show up. Um, mostly, like then and this is coming from someone again who's played it for the first time so i this i'm this is all brand new to me i'm completely blind going in it's probably different for a lot of people playing the remaster who've played it before but like the way that you search for the next colossus like every time you kill a colossus it resets you and you go back to the beginning of the game and then the disembodied voice tells you oh the next colossus is somewhere and he gives you like a vague hint and when you go outside you can aim your hold your sword up and the light reflecting off of the sun will point in the direction needed to go. Now there was a lot of times, especially with these later Colossus or Colossi. What, what's the word? 
Let's look. I think it's Colossi. Colossuses. 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 But yeah, so like when I would look for them, it would be like it would it only points like in a direction and it'll point like up or down. But sometimes it'll be pointing a particular way. You go in that direction and then all of a sudden you're running into a wall. And it's because the actual place you have to go is inside like a small opening in some cave or some mountain somewhere. And it was taking me a really long time to find some of them because they were in these small hidden areas that were really hard to get to. But the the navigation of the game only tells you like only tells you a direction. So especially when you're first set right. off to look for it, it's just pointing it's just pointing in that one direction, but you don't know if the direction you're going to is the right way, or you might have to kind of go a little bit out of the way to get to the opening that you need to get to. So there were some times where I was feeling really drained playing it because it was taking me a really long time, essentially through trial and error to go around all these different pathways until I finally I found that. the way that I actually was supposed to go. And it's kind mm-hmm. of weird. Like, I'm playing this game in a post-Breath of the Wild world. So, like, with Breath of the Wild, Mm. which I thought was really, like, comparable. I thought, like, the environments are really comparable in the sense that it's this big environment, but it's mostly barren. Um, But it's, like, comparing it to, like, say, since I played Breath of the Wild first, it's, like, impossible for me to go back to, like, a 2005 mindset and pretend it never existed. But it's, like, with that, there's, like, always (laughs) stuff to find. Whereas in this game... There's like nothing to find. Like you can't even find the Col- you can't even find the Colossi out of order. So it's not even like you, you could be looking for a particular right, yeah. one and then you stumble across a different one. It's like no, like yeah, that's true. It like appears to be this big open world, but it's also very linear in that you can only go on one path at at, at whatever point you're right. in the game. And it becomes a lot more noticeable when I was getting stuck. Like when I when I was when I was like finding them easy, I was kind of taking the world in and everything looked really pretty and I thought it was really cool. And I was kind of seeing why the game gets so much praise. And then as soon as I started getting stuck, it was like there was nothing else to distract me. It was just like I was there was I was just running through this barren wasteland that has nothing in it but me and this Colossus that I can't find. And so it (laughs) was making it really frustrating. Um, And then just aside from that, I found the controls. You were saying that the game is really simple and it is simple in terms of like its concept. But I feel like the controls are a little bit more convoluted than they need to be like it's just like little things mm-hmm. were you playing with the modern control style i was playing with well, the modern the and i was one? reading that the classic one is it was mm-hmm. i don't want to say even worse because this control scheme isn't bad per se but i don't think either control scheme would really change things because uh i think my biggest thing about it which is really weird and it took a lot of time to get used to was that you have to hold a button to grab to grab ledges and right even mm-hmm. even if i put myself in a mid 2000s mindset like a majority of games like characters will just grab the ledges by themselves <laughs> right when i think the here is just because you have a limited time mm-hmm. that you can yeah. hold on for so right? on this yeah that's another part of the strategy like you have to you can't hang on to the monsters forever so you have to like eventually you have to get to a place where you mm-hmm. could stand on like flat land and rebuild your stamina as opposed to just hanging there forever or you'll eventually fall off but yeah right. like it's and just things like that. A lot of people online, when I was looking, when I was having trouble finding certain colossi and I was not not looking up to see how to do it, but I just wanted to make sure I wasn't alone and see if there were other people from years ago who were angry that they couldn't figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like the biggest complaint that I saw people have was that the horse <laughs> controls are terrible, which is funny because I'm not having that problem. Like here and there when I'm in mm-hmm. enclosed spaces, the horse won't really respond the way I want him to. And every once in a while, I'll have to call him like six times before he finally shows up. 
And when he does show up, he always shows up out of nowhere. Like, I don't know if you notice this, Derek, but it's like, say if you left the horse behind you and you walk away and then you have the camera facing behind you and you call the horse, it'll be nowhere to be. It's like nowhere to be found. But if you move the camera so that the area behind you is not visible and then you call the horse, it just shows up from behind. Yeah. But just be there. Yeah. Like the the camera and the horse controls have like certain problems apparently the horse controls were big problems to a lot of people i didn't find them to be that much of a big deal i feel like i remember them feeling i i feel like they feel a lot better now mm-hmm. than i remember them yeah feeling like i then. i just feel like when it's in a wide open space it's perfectly fine but the more enclosed you get like the more the controls with the horse start completely flipping out and the same goes with the camera like the camera is mm-hmm. usually good but when the Colossus starts like shaking you or if you're in an enclosed space, the camera can like, will completely lose track of you. So, so it's like, so now yeah, I, I didn't completely finish it. I think I'm on the 12th Colossi and I ended up just taking it back uh, since the rental period is running out. But like okay, now yeah. that I've kind of played through all three of the team eco games, like I love eco. It's one of my favorite PS2 games. Uh, and I hated last guardian. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, Shadow of the Colossus somewhere in between. Like it has some really, really great moments, but it also has some like f- uh, glaring flaws that kind of take me out of it a little bit. But overall, overall, I think it's really, okay. really good. But it just mm-hmm. like I guess I was expecting more from it since it's often cited as one of the best games ever made or one of the best games on the PS2. And the PS2 has some inc- has an incredible mm-hmm. library. So like, but so far what I've played of it, I've liked a lot, just not as much as I was expecting, I guess. But then, aside from that, most of those hours upon hours of spending time in line at E3 was spent playing the Splatoon 2 Octo expansion, which just came out in the middle of E3. Uh, It's a new story mode expansion where you play as one of the supposed bad guys, although I think the game is supposed to eventually expand on the Splatoon lore, and people were saying it actually gets kind of a little bit deep into like race relations a little bit. Uh, which is kind of weird. So I'm anxious to see how that plays out. Cause like the story of Splatoon really? one was like the octopus people were like the evil ones because they were trying to steal territory. And then, but it was also hinted at that they were all, and this goes to it with our mission objective of post-apocalyptic worlds. Cause despite Splatoon being all like this bright, happy game, like the game is essentially a post-apocalyptic game where like global warming flooded the planet and all the humans died and then the squids evolved into like as they will half squid half people that can live Our on land when so, they arise it's fine <laughs> all hail Cthulhu. yes and it's like they stole they like adopted a bunch of like our modern human culture from like just from evolving over the centuries and finding old texts and stuff that are like ancient like they're in mm-hmm. i think the last collectible in splatoon one is a fossil of a guy playing as wii u which we know is fake, which we know isn't real because no one was playing their Wii U. No way. But yeah, um, but yeah. So like, <laughs> this game is like you're one of the bad guys who was apparently in the middle of a fight with the protagonist from the first game, who's been completely missing in the second one up until now, and you're like trapped in this underground subway station, and it's kind of like it has these portal vibes because somebody from behind the scenes has captured you and one of the characters from Splatoon One, and they're making you go through all these tests, like just like portal pretty much and the more the more you Mm. complete missions the more you unlock new subway tunnels and you're supposed to find four special items which they call the four things okay so um once you find the four things you're (laughs) supposed to be able to reach the promised land and like within the first day of playing it i found three of the four things uh but then i but then i got kind of frustrated (laughs) yeah like 
I think I posted a picture of it on Instagram. Like that's legit what they call it. It's really, it's really funny because the game, uh, I don't know if if you guys have played enough of it to really (laughs) see how like the game, especially in the dialogue and the story mode uses a lot of weird like slang, but it, it seems self-aware. Like they use a slang in a way that's like fellow kids kind of way, (laughs) in a fellow kids kind of way. So it's, it's actually really funny, but yeah. But the thing about the game is I eventually, I almost finished it in like that one sitting at E3, but I eventually had to put it down because this game has some of the worst difficulty spikes that I've seen in a really long time. Mm. It's like you can, aside from the missions that lead up to unlocking one of the four things, it's like you have to like, you can play missions out of order and like the more (laughs) missions and you don't have to complete every mission in the game. There's 80 total, but the more you complete, the more like lore you unlock and the more memories you unlock for your character because your character is an amnesiac when you wake up and the more you complete the more items and Mm -hmm. weapons that you unlock from the expansion that you could carry onto multiplayer so there's that incentive but some of the missions are like you have to be you have to be absolutely perfect on your timing like they range from having to kill a certain amount of enemies in a certain amount of time to shooting targets to fighting bosses it's like a wide variety of objectives, which is really cool, but some of them are just so unforgiving. And it'll sometimes it'll happen right after a really easy mission. So it's really, really jarring how the difficulty would just completely spike. Like mm-hmm. there's one mission in particular that I just gave up on. And another thing too is you have to pay in-game currency to play the missions, which isn't a problem when they're easy, but when they're the hard ones, they just start draining your money. And I don't know what happens okay. when you run out of money and can't play missions anymore, but I'm hoping I don't have to find out. Like there's this one mission where you're <laughs> where you're like grinding on a rail like Tony Hawk style essentially. And while you're grinding on the rail, you have to shoot uh, boxes with a sniper rifle. And if you miss any of the boxes, you instantly fail. Oh God, fuck that. And there's like forty and there's like and there's forty boxes. So you have to do it completely perfect. You can't if you fall off That's the rails, like you start over. Complicated. If you miss a box, you start oh, over. If you miss yeah, and every well, I think that one gives you five lives, which is like yeah, depending on the difficulty, it'll either be time. only one life. Uh, three lives or five lives and this one gives you five lives per attempt but i still think i died like i lost all five lives like three times Mm -hmm. and i had to pay like a ton of money each time to retry and i eventually just stopped playing it i was like i can't do this especially because i don't want to throw my switch at e3 and like smash it on the floor and get escorted by security (laughs) so i really just need to stop playing this yeah so um i'm almost done but again i'm almost done with it i'll probably go back to that mission last because i don't think it's required to beat the main story but now I'm, I'm to make things worse, though, I'm reading on forums that if you go through the trouble of completing all 80 stages, you get to fight a secret final boss that some people are saying was the hardest boss they've ever played in any video game ever. Oh, no. So, so, so and that's Splatoon. Like, Splatoon's not really known as, like, a <laughs> no difficult way. game or anything. You should so do it. It was really surprising. And then, like, the other game that saved me when Splatoon was killing me was Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, which I'm enjoying a lot, a lot, a lot. Um I've been trying to practice a lot. Like I got into Ruby just to prep for this game, which if you're unfamiliar, Ruby is like an American made anime through Rooster Teeth. Um, so this game was integrating Ruby characters with like three other fighting game franchises. Mm-hmm. And I've been practicing a lot with Yukiko, who is my favorite character from Persona, with Weiss, who's my favorite character from uh, Ruby, to make my team of a song of ice and fire, which is what I'm calling them. And it's really cool, but... Like, it still sucks that the game has such bad DLC practices, kind of what we were talking about earlier. Whereas this game's being sold at a quote-unquote budget price, which is $50. Uh, But, like, the game has 20 characters on 
the game has 20 characters, but then they have like 28 DLC characters. And a large majority of the DLC characters are just cut characters from other games. Like granted, oh, wow. like granted, the mechanics are different, so there is some readjusting, but like all the animations, all the sprites, all the okay. frame data and all of that is exactly the same as they are, were from the old games. So it's like it really comes off as like they just cut half the roster out to sell it to you mm-hmm. later. Like the only brand new characters that are completely original to this game are the four Ruby characters. And because of, and I think we talked about this before, but because of the backlash of making them DLC, they ended mm-hmm. up uh, making the ruby dlc characters free so now at this point all the characters that you pay for are characters that are essentially all complete in their native games and just maybe needed some tweaks here and there to adjust to the new mechanics of this one so like i'm enjoying the game enough to where if there's a sale i'll probably get the season pass but it's it's hard to support that when it's like 28 finished or like 20 something finished characters you have to pay extra for just arbitrarily but yeah but that's about all i've been playing this week uh, Courtney, you had some up yeah, here too. Yeah, quite a lot. Uh, yeah, so I've haven't really been playing as much stuff lately, just because of uh, graduation and some personal stuff going on. But um, my dear friend from high school uh, contacted me, and he was like, "Hey, you really need this video game right now." And he bought me. I just had to go pick it up. He bought me um, Horizon Zero Dawn. So that's pretty much all I've been playing. Um, and I wasn't, it wasn't something, it was something that was on my radar, but like, it wasn't something I was like dying to play. I really wanted to get Shadow of the Colossus, um, which you guys have already talked about a lot, but, uh, I wanted a physical copy. And even though before the sale went on, there was like, it felt like I walked by it like a hundred times in all the stores. I can't find it fucking anywhere. It's not a Best Buy. It's not a Walmart. It's not at Fred Meyers. It's nowhere to be found. <laughs> it's not even like they don't even have like a, a spot for it on the rack. Because it went on GameStop, sale. GameStop, nothing. So it's kind of pissed. Um, but I mean, I got Horizon Zero Dawn for free from my dear friend. Thanks, Marto. And then I also picked up um, The Last Guardian, which I've been looking at. Um, so I haven't started playing that yet, but I have been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Super enjoy it so far. Um it was really slow to start. It was my only thing. I feel like I played for like four hours before I really got into anything with it. Up until um, the proving, right? I'm guessing. Yeah. Like uh, like after the proving, it started to pick up a little bit. But now again, like I'm kind of trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do. And I feel like it's slowed down a little bit again. I know. But like I where i'm at right now i can need a little more direction and there's not like anything like really pulling me in any direction i feel like um i'm doing a lot of just running around and killing uh dinosaur machine things so there's that um and like my bags get full really fast because i pick everything up all the time which is a problem i have in video (laughs) games um but i really like it it's really it's been pretty fun i haven't played anything since (laughs) last tuesday because i had like doctor appointments and then it rolled right into right into graduation stuff so you know um but it's fun and i want to keep playing it i'm really looking forward to playing um the last guardian as well mm-hmm. um don't do the only it. other thing that happened i'm gonna do it i mean i bought it it's looking at me right now i own it um the other cool thing that happened was i went to a, a graduation party not this past saturday but the saturday before and a game of D&D broke out, like, organically. 
Um, I was sitting around, we were talking with a bunch of people who were there and they were like, I've always wanted to play D&D. And someone's like, <laughs> I've never played before. And it seems really cool. And most of like most of the other people have at least played once. And I just so happened to have everything but a player's handbook in my car. So I pulled out all my dice and my map. And one of the guys volunteered to DM. So I actually got to play <laughs> as a character for once. And we created characters on the spot. He got a campaign together in less than an hour. And we played for like four hours together. And it was really fun. It was really cool. I've never seen that happen before. I've never had that happen before. That's um, pretty awesome. The That's only amazing. thing was the person who'd never played before, like, so they they went to a bar by themselves without the rest of us and ended up going home with someone who was not okay. He was not a nice person. He basically had, like, a sex dungeon that he ran um, and was, like, abusing people in. And this guy just, like, went home with this guy at the bar. We were like... You're role-playing a girl, but you're not really, because no one would ever do that. <laughs> like, there were some big hints dropped that this guy was not okay. So then he's, like, stuck in the sex dungeon, and he gets drugged, and he's trying to escape, and he rolls a natural one, and gets, like, you know, tied up and tortured and stuff. And is this Wait, is this in real life, or is this oh in the game? Oh, my God, you this is in the game. I was like, holy oh, shit. I this, this, was was real this is in a real This is in the, This is in D&D. So in the D&D <laughs> game, he's role-playing as a girl who, who gets taken home, Anyway, what the hell so, kind of D and D game um, is this? I mean, I don't I'm know in. why, but all my D and D games end up having like weird sexual overtones and other shit going on. Anyway, um, so late, so like he didn't understand what happens when you roll an natural one, and so we like explain like it's pretty much the worst possible thing that will happen. And so like he he in his situation was tortured and almost killed, and then was able to escape later. And then, like, someone else rolled a level, uh, a natural one later on when they were talking to somebody and, like, got slapped in the face. And he was like, I don't understand. That seems so arbitrary. Why did he just get slapped in the face and not, like, run through with an axe? I'm like, well, think about the consequences for failure. Like, you were drugged in a, a sex dungeon and he was asking a, a merchant for a discount. What, what do you think? <laughs> What do you think the disparaging factor is there? Um, and he got a little salty about it, but I think his girlfriend like smoothed it over for us later because we we're all we we're all trying to play again together because it was it was really fun. It was an actual enjoyable game. We didn't get railroaded. Nobody got nasty. Um, it was really it was nice. I haven't played D and D like that in years. So and I didn't have to DM, which was the nicest. So yeah, that's all I've that's all I've done. Um, so does that mean you'll have the opportunity to play with those people again yeah. and be not DM again? Sort of. Um, it's going to have to be done online because all of these people are all two of the or three of us are graduating or have graduated now. Um, and so um, my my best friend here, Matisse, she's going to be going to Denver. And so she won't be around. And then someone else is getting shipped off to Seattle. And then like no one knows where I'm going to be because... Vancouver, I, British I Columbia. Know, I gotta see. I was thinking about that. I gotta see what would what it would take for me to work in Canada. Um, but we've got an aquarium. I know here. you should work at the aquarium. I want to. I've applied. I have. I just went. It was. Great. I have fifteen biology applications out all over the country right now. So is that dangerous? And also in Canada. Not yet, but I got. I'm gonna. I'm now. I'm gonna. I mean, I haven't been yet, it. but I'll check it out. So. <laughs> Um, 
But yeah. You've got a passport. I have now. my passport it's now. It's nice here. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to come visit you guys here in the next couple of weeks. Maybe crash your camping trip. So we'll see. Check Sweet. it out. We'll see you Yeah. Later. Take do you guys it. tide pooling, which is something you can only do on the right. ocean. What did you say? By the way. Take them tide pooling. Oh, I thought you said tide potting. Well, because I... Tide pool. Well, like it, it's like bar hopping. No, you just go from supermarket to supermarket. She started and the trend. And just, just try all the different flavors. Like soap. Cool. <laughs> Mountain breeze. Like the blue ones. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And that, was that all that you played this week? Beside from your... <laughs> That's everything for me. Okay. Beside from my, my plans to Tide Pod. All right. Sounds good. And then Mika, uh, Derek was saying you were playing Detroit a little bit or a lot. Yeah, um, so I played Detroit, which I feel like if you guys do end up doing a Detroit podcast, I would love to be a part of that because I feel like I need to talk about this yes, game for it. hours and hours and hours. Um, let's do it. Uh, it was so I was introduced to Detroit like way back when there was a trailer and Derek showed it to me and I always remembered it because it had something to do with robots and this guy falling off a balcony. And then when the demo came around, I played the demo after Derek did. And um, I found the controls really confusing to use because it's like a camera following your character. And like, it's when you move the stick, it doesn't necessarily move directly the way that you think it's going to. So that took some adapting. Um, but I, I've, I really like how there's different, um, just all the different choices and how different of an outcome you can have. So even just playing that demo, like Derek played it twice and had two different outcomes. And then I played it twice and had two totally different outcomes than what he had. And, uh, and then when we got the game, I was like, I'm not going to play it. Like, it doesn't matter. So every once in a while when Derek was playing it and I was around, I would like watch him play it. And so I caught a few different things. Um, I think I ended up watching the ending of him playing it. And then we sat around talking about it for like two hours and just like the hypotheticals of what it would mean to have androids in your life and um, just the like ethics around this whole situation and I just found it so interesting at like how people could have just such different views on it and and how you can play it out so many different ways in this world and so I ended up um just like picking it up and randomly playing it one day while Derek was at work and uh he came home and I had been playing it for like three solid hours and was like, give me a minute. I'm almost done. Just, just one more chapter. Um, and it's great. I, I finished it today and it was so fucking anticlimactic. Like I had watched this epic ending that Derek had. So I had a few things spoiled for me. Um, and I won't say them right now, but and I was fine with that at the time because I was never going to play it. But then, so I'm like going through this game and I'm like, when does this part happen? Mm-hmm. When does this part happen? And then for me, some things didn't necessarily happen or they happened at really different times. And I like Derek's ending was so the like little bit of it I caught seemed so epic. And then I just was like, oh, Oh, sh- okay. And I'm done yeah. now. The game is over. 
that's it. I get no more chances to make any other decisions like that. The choices have been made and all of my characters have ended up here. Okay. And it was just like so disappointing and just so crazy that it could be so fucking different than somebody like they must have had to write so many different storylines and then like animate or however you call it (laughs) when it's a video game. So many different, yeah, like so many different things being played out and like just so many different like small variations that can totally change the experience that you're having. It was just so interesting. So I finished it today and I had like allotted myself until Derek got home to play it. And I think he got home at like almost eight and I finished it at like, I don't know, like four 30 or five or something. And I was like, well, fuck that. I am going back and making different decisions. So I went back too many chapters it ended up, but I went back like, I don't know, six chapters Jesus. or something and tried to make different decisions. And uh, it's funny. Cause like, obviously I've forgotten the precise decisions that I did make. And so I'd like make the same decisions again and be like, Oh God damn. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to see, I haven't finished it again. So I'm looking forward to, to hopefully getting a different, different ending and my biggest goal is to not let marcus die because i fully just sacrificed him and then was so sad because he's such a fine looking man no no wonder (laughs) no wonder your game was anticlimactic because i feel like the whole thing essentially kind of revolves around marcus we'll have to talk about it well no no spoilers derek's marcus had died too and his Oh, sorry. No, no, no spoil, sorry. spoil the shit out of it. We're already ruining God of War. No, no, no I'm going to edit this shit out. Don't, don't Anyways, I to do. I'm going to beep it out. <laughs> so we should stop talking about it because I feel like we should get into an actual conversation about it we on a real do, Detroit podcast because there's so much to talk about. Let's they should it. make they should make a sequel where they just keep going through Michigan. And the next one should just be like Flint, and it's like the struggle of finding water. Fuck! <laughs> God damn America! <laughs> um, but was that all was that all that you were playing? Um, and then I played that little bit of Mario Kart, um, which was super fun. Even when I like literally if Derek's playing, I come in eleventh or twelfth every time. And even then it's super fun. I like I in the end learned that I like it better when we're on a track that you can't fall off the edge of like if you just go on grass and slow down that's fine you can turn around but if you fall off the edge you need the cloud guy to like save you and it takes up so much time um and i remember like years like when we still lived in nanaimo playing mario kart might have been a different one then i don't know how this thing works but um i was like i was like race training so i could be able to play with Derek. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to get good at this. And now I'm like, well, was I even getting good at it? Because if he wasn't playing, then it wasn't as challenging because it like has that rubber banding. So I don't know. But anyways, it was fun. And then when Derek wasn't playing, I won a couple times. So that was fun. Too. <laughs> and that's it. That's my story. All right, awesome. So one day, maybe one day you'll be able to beat him. So he won't feel so lonely and for at the top. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great so someday no we're, we're still trying but uh so then moving on last <laughs> have you guys played with him I i've feel never like played a game i've SDCC never played a game thing. with either of you guys. no i played with josh before josh and i have played some monster hunter stuff 
but mm. I've never played a game of Derek. Mm. Uh, we played Mario Kart Online a bit when it first came out for the Wii U. Yeah, but that and was by playing it. together. Well, you should bring your Switch down with you, and then mm. you guys. Can and by play playing together, together, it probably means this is Derek playing time trial ahead of everybody while everyone else is fighting for second place. <laughs> I suck at racing games. <laughs> yes. Well. That's okay. The cloud guy yeah. saves you. And then playing with Derek, it'll fun. make you feel like you're not even playing. I mean, I'm already terrible at video games, which is a well-established fact on this podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like I feel like something more post-apocalyptic will be up your alley, which is why we can talk about our mission objective, which is why our gamers are so fascinated by post-apocalyptic worlds. So since we're on that subject, we'll start with you, Courtney, with your sex slave D&D. Mm-hmm scenario that wasn't my campaign i just want to (laughs) clarify like i did not write that um i think a lot of what it has to do with is it has to do with like political climate and what's going on in the world it's they do a lot of studies on like group psychology and and what kind of movies and games do well in times of national stress and it's been proven that things like james bond um like James Bond has its own little phenomena. James Bond movies do better when they, like when countries, especially the United States are in times of war. So like, and and it has to do with feeling kind of like feeling hopeless, I guess, and, and needing a hero. And I think that post-apocalyptic worlds are just like the classic way now of, of showing human resiliency and that there can be good in the light of evil. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the way that um, sci-fi runs. Like if you think about like um, most most sci-fi stories are in a post-apocalyptic world. You know, most most of the time when you have a story that's set in space, it's because Earth has fallen or uh, we've we've ruined it so much that we've had to find a new planet or we have a space invader or, you know, World War Three wiped everything out. And I think it just sets the stage for a hero to rise. And in times when things are super fucking shitty. Like now we, we like to know that there are still heroes who can come in and save us. And so I think that's why in game, I mean, you need, you need a Harry Potter, you need a a James Bond, you need a God of War, you need a Kratos to come and and make things better. You need a Kratos to bring his Atreus. (laughs) You need a Kratos to bring us Atreus so that we can fucking have a boy. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people around Father's Day need a Kratos to be their dad. Uh, my dad is basically the best dad, so I'll share. He's pretty sweet. I didn't post any pictures. I don't have any pictures of me and my dad. I felt really bad, but like, my dad's pretty fucking awesome, and uh, he's basically Kratos, only better. So, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was a great answer. Thank for you. Me. I I yeah, um that was thank real. You. I I definitely. I mean, like, I know that's why I like playing video games. Like, I I play games when I'm happy. But I think that when I'm having a tough time, I play video games more. And I think I definitely gravitate towards the ones that make me feel like I can do something. So, like, if I'm having a bad RA day, I love to play Skyrim because it's, one, something that I can sit and do. Um, so I'm not just napping. Mm-hmm. And then not only am I doing something, but I'm fucking killing dragons and, like, murdering bad people and making Skyrim a better place for everyone and when you can't walk 15 steps to go to the kitchen by yourself, like that's a great thing to be able to do. So I think that it means a lot to people. Get that switch version. I can play it in, in the, the kitchen. kitchen. I can just, or I can, no, she doesn't want to walk. I mean, I can't walk to the kitchen. Sometimes I'm bed bound, you know, but then I can play in bed and that'd be dope. 
we that would be dope you need a switch for so many reasons i'm, I'm telling you my when i get a job my first paycheck i'm i think i'm just gonna buy a switch in skyrim and then no one will ever hear from me ever again because i'll just play in bed all day because <laughs> you'll have a oh, or i'll just play that. in bed all day <laughs> one of the two. Oh, that too <laughs> i don't know what do you what do you guys think or did i ruin everything no, I think for my, I don't know, it's interesting, like, and I feel like, especially, I don't know if it's always been a thing, but this E3, I feel like every other game was a post-apocalyptic, a po- I can't even fucking say the word, post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic. <laughs> one of those games. <laughs> no one can say it. Uh, one of those games, and I don't know, it's like, I feel like it depends on the title almost, like, I, like, it's something that's, it's really interesting because, for instance, looking at series like Fallout, where it's this like retro futurism um, where we're so far in the future, but things became stagnant obviously because the bombs fell or whatever and, and getting an opportunity to explore these familiar yet unfamiliar places, um, you know, through like Washington and Fallout three or upcoming West Virginia and Fallout 76. (laughs) I'm super familiar with West Virginia, you know? So, um, but just being able to like seeing these, this, this world and, and the monuments in it and everything like that, but everything's completely changed. Um, I just think it's super interesting and, or, or, you know, uh, games like the last of us was another big one where it's, you are, it's our world, but, overgrown because you know humanity has stopped or whatever i i just think it's a really interesting setting and i do think it's getting a little bit overplayed like like again seeing one in every three games being post-apocalyptic this e3 there i said it correctly Mm -hmm. um i don't know like there's a lot of it and and that being said there's so many I feel like there's so many ways for the world like like the world as we are in i feel like is less interesting in that there's so many ways the world could end and there's so many stories that you can tell based on how things ended like you know like a fallout or like a last of us or like a days gone or like a splatoon or whatever like there it's endless and you have so much more freedom and and freedom to be creative with that world than if you went into the past because then you're limited on things like technology or why things happened or like the present where you need to keep it more grounded and more realistic because you're in today's world or whatever um I don't know. I think it just offers more freedom and it's a, it, and it's an interesting setting because of its familiar familiarity yet it's uncertainty and, and the differences that lie there. That would be what I would say interests me the most in those games. Also a very good answer. Thanks coach. <laughs> did you have, did you have anything left to add? Mika? Um, I mean, I'm not super experienced with video games in their uh, post-apocalyptic <laughs> world. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, but I know like for myself in real life, I'm really drawn to like, old broke down buildings and things that are overgrown and just this opportunity to explore things that once people put a lot of energy and love and caring and um, excitement into creating. And now hundreds of years later or whatever it may be, they are abandoned and um, destroyed and, overgrown and nature has taken them back and it's just so interesting and mysterious to to think about what has gone into these places and uh what is left over of them and to to see what secrets they have hidden and all that kind of stuff and so i think 
that probably really applies to that kind of setting in the video game world too, especially because there's actual secrets and actual things you can find and things you can do and stuff like that. So I, I get the appeal. Um, it might be getting a little overplayed, but not by <laughs> and me. Yeah. So. Just to add on what everyone's saying, I think part of the reason too is post-apocalyptic can be like anything like, you know, our typical idea of it is like more like your fallout kind of thing where it's just like mm-hmm. the end of the world, everything's barren, everything's like wiped out. But then you have games like The Last of Us, where without where there's so it's such a it's still such a beautiful world. It's like without as many people, like you know, there's greenery and like nature, like everywhere, like overgrown leaves and vines and uh, grass and bushes and trees, mm-hmm. like all over the place throughout that whole game. Um, and then you have a game like Final Fantasy VII, which is kind of the opposite direction, where it's post-apocalyptic in the sense that it's like people are still thriving, so it's not like people are near extinction. But nature is dead because they've like they've siphoned away all of nature's resources and the world itself is kind of barren, despite the people still kind of thriving through technology. And then you have something like a Splatoon, like we mentioned, where it's like completely different. It's like it's modern, but at the same time, it's like fish people. And then it connects and behind like all of the happy go lucky stuff. It's like (laughs) it's like a story of global warming wiped out humanity and this is what's left over in a couple centuries after that it's so it's like it gives you such a broad canvas to kind of tell an infinite amount of stories in a setting that takes place so far into the future where that humanity is either wiped out or nature's wiped out or the world that we know as we know it is completely different Uh, but I mean with all that said I think another big part of it too is just that people think the world sucks and would just feel better if it was all gone but yeah but that's 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 about it that's all i have to say on that <laughs> mm-hmm. so on that note that's we're so on space that note, force one i don't know what that space is space force space force one <sighs> that's a reference no one gets that's what's gonna save us Oh, from the with the immigrant worlds. children and the Ender's game i understand and it's like air force one you're talking about battlefield Earth for a wow, second because clever. they're in space I mean, basically in Trump's mind, but whatever. <laughs> but uh... um, before we go, I did want to mention uh, two, one quick thing at least. Um, if you guys do not follow our dear leader, Jonathan London, and I mean that in a sweet way, not in a shitty way, um, you totally should. He's been putting out some very like deep, thought-provoking videos this week um, or like the past two weeks. Um, there's been a lot of like celebrity suicide and hard times for people and he's just sending out some like real positive energy and and positive good messages and making you kind of think about the way things are and how to make things better not only for yourself but for other people and so he puts them out like i don't know i think he's doing one almost every day i don't know they're just they're good and if you need help please don't be afraid to reach out to any anyone in geekscape even if you don't really know us because I mean, we're not shitlords. We'll help you uh, and listen. So, what's a shitlord? Um, not you. Not guys. us. Not not I this mean, time. Someone who's an asshole. I was just trying to. I was trying to be more creative with my swears this week. It's a goal. <laughs> Find new swear words. It's a good goal. No, it's a good goal. Um, to have. I love swearing. It's a it's a good thing. Michaela loves swearing around little oh, children. Oh, dude, that's the hardest fucking. I mean, generally times. all the time, but mostly around children yeah like i feel like she won't swear for like three weeks and then as soon as there's a four-year-old around 
there it, it comes. It's not like a four-year-old that I can see. It's like there's a four-year-old who's like sitting behind me on the bus and I'm mid-conversation yeah. and bam. I'm, I'm going to be real honest. I struggle with that at aquariums and zoos um, because I get really excited and I get really yeah. animated and I swear a lot more when I do that. Like, look at that I'm fucking like, dude, fish. Do you know what the fuck those things do? Look at that kid. <laughs> look at that fucking fish. You see that fucking All the fish time. little girl? Or like, I'll be like explaining something. I'm like, yeah. And then, it, you know, it just kind of shits it out. And I'm like, you can't say that. You have to find new words. So um, I feel you there. <laughs> uh, I was actually really excited. About a month ago, I got to go to the Seattle Aquarium. They had an adult, an adult night. It was only adults. It was 21 and over. Mm, they do that It was here so too. cool. And you got to drink and see fish. Except you're allowed to be 19. Oh, well. Because that's- Drinking age. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like twenty one. I mean, older. we're all. I mean, I'm twenty nine. Uh, speak for yourself. I'm twenty nine. It's whatever. I'm the youngest one here on this podcast right now. So by like, I'm like thirty two. Yeah, how old are you, Josh? You're older, aren't you? Yeah. Are you really? No, uh, yeah, that, Josh. yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about, Derek? Yeah, I'm. T- I'm twenty. I'm twenty five. He just looks it. <laughs> I get mistaken <laughs> for twenty two. I mean, we should we should all take it, right? Whatever. I get mistaken. Oh for my 40. god, Derek. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making that up. That's not I, now that you've trimmed that your beard. Happened to my sister. Her, my little sister. That's, that's where tonight's title came from. Is I didn't shave for six months. Oh, longer. Eight months. No. Yeah, it was November. Oh wow. Because it was no shave November, no and then I just never so... shaved again, and I looked fucking rough. horrible. Um, it was like if you, I don't know if you guys have watched Lost, but when Jack is going off the rails and he has a pill addiction and he's like, we have to go back, like all that sort of stuff. Oh. Like that was my beard. And um, I made, I'm, there was many jokes about it. I said, I let myself go. I said, I was going back to the Island. I said, I was going to keep it until Brock Lesnar lost the universal well, championship. I mean- um, but we trimmed it the other day. And Michaela's first thing that Michaela said was, it looks less like a depression well, beard. and more like a regular I want beard pictures now, of bearded so. Derek. I feel like we need updated photos for, for Twitch. I mean, you, I, You'll probably you'll see me in less than a month. So I'm gonna gonna be be honest with everyone. I just go on Facebook and steal your guys' photos from Facebook and crop them constantly. First off, no, I definitely do that. I definitely I don't have your picture up right now on Twitch, Mika, because I was a lazy piece of shit and didn't do it. But you know, um, I'll have it for next time. See, that's a shitlord move right right there. there. Me being lazy, not doing my job. (laughs) Do what you can. That's okay. I'm not offended. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's about it. I think that's an episode. An episode and a half. It's two episodes length worth, (laughs) but it was good stuff. Yeah. So hopefully we should be back down to our normal. Now that all the E3 talks pretty much done, we should be back down to normal going forward. But if not, who, if not, I don't know. I don't like, let's not set arbitrary time limits. Let's make a four hour podcast. Jesus, let's not do that. That sounds like so much work for me. Well, I'm not working on it, so sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right, so with twenty four hour live stream every week. Oh my God. Every every day of every week. So we're just never every stopping. Day. We just we just we just IRL stream. Until they cut the power. <laughs> but that's because nobody's holding down right, the job. Pretty much. I mean, you know. But that's going to wrap up episode 158. As always, you can find us all on geekscape.net. You can find us on Twitter at Geekscape Games. And you can find me at Inu Joshua. Derek, where can they find you? I'm at D. Cranavelt on Twitter. And I am Captain K17 across gaming platforms. Right. And Courtney? I'm Mika Max. Or yeah, let Mika go. go. Oh. She's a guest. It's a shitlord yeah, move there, too. Gosh. <laughs> I'm just trying to fit in. <laughs> no, go, go ahead. 
Uh, I'm Mika Max 309 on all the things. And then also we've got the Geekscape Forever Instagram, which I am trying to keep up to date occasionally. Now, now it's my turn. That's it. Um, <laughs> yes. But you missed your chance, so we're skipping you. Oh, too bad. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, you can find me on Twitter at AKGeekyGirl. I'm on Instagram and everywhere else as GeekyGirlAK. Um, if you can't find me somewhere and you want to talk to me, then tweet me and I'll talk to you. Also, please don't forget to check out our Facebook. I try and go on and post when we're recording live streams and when we get our episodes up. Um, and you can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Geekscape Games. Right, perfect. And with that, we are going to call it a show. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And bye, everybody. Bye. 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 You know, I'm all about that beard, about that beard, no stubble. I'm all about that beard, about that beard, no stubble. I'm all about that beard, about that beard, no stubble. All about that beard, about that beard. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I eat a lot of food. My beard will catch it, catch it like it's supposed to do. I got that beard bloom that all the girls chase. All the right hair in all the Ooh. right places. I see them weak beards working at hipster crop. My grandma's got more hair. Come on now, now make it stop. Here, if you got beard beauty, come on now, call me. Every up. inch of this is perfect. I ain't never gonna chop. Now my grandma, she told me that some men could only try but with that beard you're growing you'll keep women warm and nice she told me never to shave it don't trim it no not at all because when it gets longer then you'll get to write a song